Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc. Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia Stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. Ah, there it is, episode 80. 80 of these things of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, beautiful Roswell, Georgia. Nate, still back in Awa. Awa in his childhood. Awa childhood bedroom where literally Morning. literally i can still see the stain on your 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 comforter yep there <laughs> brandon you see the stain yeah i see something <laughs> yeah there's like the old mom didn't change a thing <laughs> when i got back home my socks actually just walked right over to me <laughs> wear socks <laughs> Uh, there's Brandon Thrasher in the Zelensky Studios there in Noonan, Georgia. Hello, Brandon. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I beat the shit, man. I mean, I thought that this year with this tennis tournament would uh, would be a, a totally, and I, I stress the word totally, totally different experience with my body versus the six years prior getting up at 3.30 in the morning, doing my show on the radio, and then going and doing the tournament and then sometimes not getting in bed till one o'clock in the morning, getting up at three 30 and doing it all over again. If I were doing the radio show this year, I would not be doing the tennis tournament. I made that decision last year. My, I just, the older I get, well, my, my, you, you my, made that decision every year, but you always go back. <laughs> you're right. I, I'm not I, doing it next year. And then you're, you're like, I love it. I'm doing it again. <laughs> You're right. I do say that every year, but but last but last year was. You are correct. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Last year was the first year that I said it for the reasons of of my health. Like you know, the years prior, it was like I'm not dealing with this bullshit. 
damn people from ESPN. Oh, my God, the tennis channel. Oh, my God, the guy on the court. Oh, my God. You know, it's always something. You know, wah, 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 wah. Uh, but, but last year, it was, it was, well, I almost beat the guy up, that situation. That was, well, yeah, last year was a rough one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but is that any better? I thought it would be so much better now that you don't have to get up early. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, everything's fine. On your body. It, everything, like, the tournament's fine. We haven't had, like, barely any issues. You know, maybe a little here and there. Nothing nothing, nothing huge. Uh, but it's just, it's like like a different tired. I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I actually, Rach asked me the other day, she goes, oh, you know, how do you feel? You know, what's, what's the big difference in this and that? I said, I got to be honest with you. I think it was better when I was getting up at 3.30 in the morning and going and doing my radio show. And she goes, what? I said, yeah, because then I was running on fumes and I had this, uh, this adrenaline that, that my body was, was, going, was just going off of. I mean, I was in cruise control. And now I do get some rest and it's like, you know, you have more time to think about being tired. It's a weird, it's a weird tired. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we were waking up super early. So when normal people would wake up, it was you were already ready to go. You know, your brain was already going and everything. Now it's probably you're trying to wake yourself up when you're getting into the tournament rather than have already been up for six hours or something, you know. You know, it's funny because when you're at an event, and for those that don't know, I, I guess I should have probably prefaced this whole conversation with the tournament. The tournament is the Atlanta Open Tennis Tournament. It takes place at Atlantic Station in downtown Orlando. Uh, it is a professional tennis Atlanta. tournament. Uh, Atlanta, Jesus. I say Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, it's oh, it's been a long tournament. <laughs> <laughs> We're a lot of driving. Yeah. I, I let the cat out of the bag. We're moving the tournament. <laughs> Midway through. So, so uh, downtown Atlanta. So um, I've been doing this, I guess, I think this is my seventh, seventh and a half year. I think that I've done it. And it's a professional tennis tournament. It's an ATP 250. I mean, it's not the biggest. It's not Wimbledon. It's not the U.S. Open or anything like that. Um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, we've got some got some great players. Uh, we've got Nick Kyrgios, which I'll get to here in just a second. We got John Isner. We got Francis Tiafo. Uh, Riley Opelka had to pull out, unfortunately. Um, you know, so there. Uh, Tommy Paul, which is I'm a fan favorite of. I, I love Tommy Paul. I think he's 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 an upcoming American. He's actually ranked, I think, 30th in the world now. Um, which is pretty cool, but he's a good dude. But there's been, like, controversy. Every year there's, like, something. And it's funny because uh, I made this comment. So I work with a group of people in our production booth. You know, there's a production manager, uh, Jill, who helps us out with the show. She's being, you know, I hired her to be my producer for the for the week. She's doing a fine job. And there's this guy, Robin, who runs around the camera. There's this guy, Jeremy, who runs the video. And there's alternating people that run the audio. So it's it's this well, well, it's this oiled machine. I don't know about well. <laughs> <laughs> it's this oiled machine. And so uh, there's always controversy. Uh, there's something that goes on. And, and I made this comment the other day to, to the people I work with. I was like, it's funny how different sects have their trolls and their bots like a somebody that goes and trolls uh Patrick Mahomes the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs is not going to go and troll LeBron James right they're just fixated they're stuck on football Patrick Mahomes probably Kansas City Chiefs and it's almost like it's localized and the bots are kind of the same way 
I'm assuming, and I don't know because I'm not a computer nerd, I'm assuming when you write an algorithm for a bot, you know, you put in keywords to what you want it to target and you have them continuously target that sect of people so people think that the bot is real, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd assume. I'd assume that, okay. So Nick Kyrgios is without a doubt the most colorful controversial tennis player in the modern era this is that's who he is personally i love the guy i think he's great for tennis uh i think he's an extremely misunderstood dude and he gets heat all the time because of his antics things that he says things that he does um but what people don't realize when you work in that environment like i have for the past you know almost seven years i guess seven years you see these guys when they're not in front of a camera or they're not in front of a crowd and the things that they do. And I've seen Nick Kyrgios time after time, and he loves Atlanta, time after time go to talk to people, uh, help out a charitable organization. I mean, just the guy's a, a fantastic human being. He's just extremely misunderstood. That's my personal opinion. Um, so he uh, he played doubles like one of the first nights, right? And with his buddy, uh, Kokonakis, Athanase Kokonakis, who's also an Australian. And they uh, they won, and they played a really good team. That was like the big opening, one of the big opening night matches. And then he was supposed to play singles, and he bails out with an injury. And they do this big announcement in the middle of the week. Uh, it was like Wednesday night, where the tournament director came out and, and, and I introduced him and, and Nick Kyrgios and they get out there and they talk about the thing and he's really sorry, which, you know, it's not normal for a player to do that, to go and address a crowd in an audience. Of course, the tennis channel's there. The tennis channel picks it up. Fans were livid. They were livid. You know, and I'm looking at it like it's a, it's a, it's a wrestling match where a card is subject to change. And, and, and I think they should probably, I don't know if they do, but they should probably put that on the tickets but there was kind of a slip up in the speech, you know, and when I say slip up, I don't know if anything was planned or what. I, I don't know anything behind the scenes. I really don't. I'm in the dark. Um, but something was mentioned, like when Nick came into my office in the afternoon, um, you know, saying that he wasn't sure he was going to be able to play and people flipped out. They're like, well, if you fucking knew about it in the afternoon, why didn't you tell us about it before we drove all the way from fucking Alpharetta? <laughs> you know, you fucking, you should be doing the Fry Festival. You fucker, Fire Festival. You fucking, blah, blah, blah. And, and so, uh, and I was like, well, that's, I don't think that's what he said. I, I, th- I think what he, what, what the tournament director said was he came into his office in the afternoon, but the medical team didn't make a decision until hours later. I think that's what was said, but pff, people don't care, dude. They just went nutso on social media. If you, if you search, if you go to Nick Curios, search Nick Curios, like on Twitter, uh, or even Instagram or the Atlanta open tennis, you'll see all the, all the. All the comments. They're actually kind of funny, you know. It's like <laughs> Yeah, so so what was it? His knee? His knee, yeah. He well see, he hurt his shoulder at Wimbledon and then now he's hurt his knee. So he's he's beat up and he's got the US Open coming up. All these players do. This is kind of you know, this is a part of the US Open series, so these smaller tournaments lead up to the US Open. Uh, so, you know, you want to play the US Open. There's tons of money there, there's tons of points. This is cool to play. A lot of them play it because they like Atlanta. They like the tournament director, you know. Um, you know, the I think the vibe in the crowd has something to do with it. I'd like to say that I'm a part of that, 
you know, without trying to toot my horn too much, but you know, I'm, I've been told I'm the, uh, I'll I'll just say it in in, in not proper English. I'm the most, um, I'm the, uh, well, no, I'm the most unusual of the tennis MCs. I'm the most different, which that's, that's the not proper English I was looking for. I'm the most, (laughs) I'm the most different tennis MC because I do it, you know, with my style and my style is like very wrestler style. It's very growly. It's very, you know, it's, it's very fight esque, you know, it's, 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 and you know, there's a lot of inflection when I do my announcing, you know, that right there is, you know, and, and, you know, you watch a lot of these other guys that do it and they're like, Coming out on the card, it's Nick Karyovs, you know. <laughs> and that's it, you know. Boring. It, it is to me. It's it's very boring. Like there's some guys that do it that are really good interviewers, and but they're not the best at introducing the 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 people on the court, you know. But they're very good at the post match thing, which it really doesn't matter because you know eventually you're going to be cut out of the interview unless you're a television personality, and then, which I'm not. They'll cut you out of the interview. You, they'll get your questions, but you're not getting any camera time. They want you on camera side because it's an only it's only a one camera shoot. So they they've got the the camera facing the player, which is fine. I understand that. That's cool. I, I got no problem yeah. with that. Um, and then you got other guys that are that have great voices. And there's one guy in particular that 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 does a big tournament, and he's got an amazing voice. He's he's a voice guy. It's what he does for a living. And his intros are spectacular, but they don't let him out on the court because he's he's not very good looking. <laughs> I've been told that that's that's a true story. They're like they don't let him out on the court. They don't want him on camera because he's not he's not appeasing. He's not eye appeasing. <laughs> he's not a very good post game interview. So they just hired the guy to come out and say Roger Federer. Yeah, and he just comes out to the thing. So no, no, you never went to the tournament, did you? You never went down. Yeah. No, I went last year. I sat with your wife, and uh, um, I brought my friend Tom. Oh, okay. You did. You did go. Yeah, because remember Alexis worked it all last year, or worked your booth. Oh, that's right. She did. Yeah, she helped out tremendously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, that's going really, really well. Every day, it's getting better. We just had somebody put in an order for twenty four my court caddies. Nice. Yeah. Well, they own like a tennis facility or something. Uh, he is a, or is he just reselling them on eBay for twice as much? <laughs> he, <laughs> he is, uh, the tennis coach for a surrounding County school. So cool. yeah, he was like, I need 24 of them. I'm like, got him. Not a problem. I'll bring them to your car. I'll stop what I'm doing to get you 24 of my core caddies. Yeah, just get him out of my fucking house, please. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Coming up is Nick. Hang on a second, I gotta sail to do. I'll be right back. <laughs> Brandon, you, ne- you never went to the tournament, did you? Yes, I did. You did. No, remember, it was, remember, I came and oh, you were real mad, Ariel. I was like, we went to the booth, and then um, me and ours were there, and we're like, where's Jason at? And then uh, Rachel manned the booth, and Ariel took us there, and you come walking down the stairs, and you're all pissed. You're like. You saw she's like, not now, guys. Not now. But like, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, that was probably it must have been last year. <laughs> it was, yeah. Sounded oh. like a stressful year. Oh, yeah, probably was last year. <laughs> oh, didn't you sneak in or something? 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's probably why I was irritated. So. <laughs> I don't think they knew. We tried to go in one way, and they told us uh, we couldn't go that way. And then we went the other way. We're like, oh no, no, no! We're here to see Jason Bailey. He works at uh, we work with him at the radio station. No, that's you can't do that. <laughs> that's <laughs> they let us in. It worked. <laughs> that's, I'm sure it did, but it's bad form. You can't do that. Yeah, last year, last year was stressful. For those that don't know what happened last year, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a quick rundown because it's like a, a it's a, it's a lore. You know, we're still it's still being talked about, and, and and like I've had random people come up to me and. And, and be like, hey, did it? Did it really? You know, I had a ball girl. <laughs> I had a ball girl this year. So I go. This is the beginning of the tournament, and I and I go around and I do this thing. What they what we call is a walk and talk. What they have with me is I can improv. So I can go out there and I can fill five minutes. I can fill ten minutes. I can do fifteen minutes. You know, I enjoy doing that stuff. I miss doing that stuff. This is the only opportunity that I've had to do that kind of thing in the past fucking eight years. To be honest with you. So I like to go around and, you know, I'll talk to the ball kids and this and that. And as I was wrapping it up, I come back around and and I see this girl, this ball girl. And I was like, hey, how you doing? And it was kind of, it was on mic. I was like, hey, how you doing? I'd give her a little pound, you know. And she goes, are you Jason? And the girl's like 16, 17 years old, maybe. And I, and I started walking away and I heard her and I go, and I put the mic down and I turned it off. I go, what'd you say? She goes, are you Jason? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know? I, I played it off like I didn't care, but I gotta be honest with you, I, I felt dirty. Like, what do you, why, what, what was that? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I still, I still to this day want to know what that meant. Like, oh, you're Jason. Okay, yeah. Oh, words on the street. You sounded hotter on the mic. Sorry. I'll be back. <laughs> Your word on the street is you're like ball kids. All that stuff. <laughs> so last year, um, there there was a lot of things that went wrong. And and look, here's the thing: it, when you have a production of any sorts, something's going to go wrong every every time. If you if you have a, a show every day, I mean, even a radio show, uh, you know, something's going to go wrong. People are going to get upset with each other. It's going to get heated. It, it's this and this and that. Um, you have to be in that environment long enough to develop a thick skin and, and kind of understand what's happening, you know, and, and, and always say to yourself, it's not personal, it's business. And, and I've always said that. I, I've always said it's not personal, it's business up until the point when it becomes personal. And I mean, that's what happened with the radio station. I always looked at that as a business move, you know, and I would... I would bypass things that were done around me and, and, and maybe sometimes to me and be like, it's, it's business. It's, it's business. It's business. It's not personal. But the day that it became personal in which I remember, um, like it was yesterday, <clears throat> that's when game is on with me. When you make it personal, I will fuck you up. And so, uh, last year, the company that, owns the tournament hired this new guy and he's like from philadelphia and i don't know if you you guys know anybody from philadelphia no city of brothers love cheese steaks yeah but a person not a cheese steak or 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 brothers loving each other yes yeah 
there's this show called Parking Wars I used to watch that was set in Philly, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. Just from that, I mean, obviously they're getting parking tickets, so a lot of them seemed like assholes. But you know, I don't know. It's hard to tell with that show. So that's all I got to go on. I used to watch that show too. I didn't know that was in Philadelphia. Though. That was a pretty yeah. good show. They had some characters yeah, in the, the show. The parking meter people were always super nice, and the other people were just screaming in their faces. Well, people from Philly, very much like New Jersey or New York. Uh, I mean, every state has got a thing, but the Philly people, I'm not saying they're bad people. They're just very, they're, they're, you know, it's like they're, they're not New York and they're, and they're not even Jersey, even though Philly's bigger, bigger, but they come across like they're tough. And, and uh, some of them are, I mean, Rocky he's from Philadelphia, right? So he's a tough guy. So they, they, but they're all, they all seem tough. Like everybody that I know from Philadelphia, like wants to fight you. Even if you're at dinner yeah. and you're like friends and you're like, Hey, can I get the corn? What the fuck you want the corn for? I bet you come <laughs> over and get the corn for me. Huh? Huh? Why don't you try some getting the corn for like, Jesus, dude, you can have the corn. Oh, what? I'm too good to do. You're too good to take the corn for me. And, and like, they just won't stop. It's always something over and over again. No, man. It's like diet, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like just, just, just stop talking, please. Just, like, Oh, you think you're better than me? Cause you're not eating no corn and I'm eating all the corn. Probably thinking I'm fat with the corn. Corn, huh? Like, no, dude, just fucking keep the corn. So this guy that they hired, uh, which I didn't know, I, I was never introduced to him at the beginning of the tournament. This was last year. Beginning of the tournament, or uh, I had no idea who he was. It was just this new face in the production area. And there there were a couple new faces. Of all this other weird shit that was going on, like this former tennis player that lives here in town, loud as fuck, doing some, trying to do a radio show on a tennis app. Like in the middle of our production booth, it was annoying. And he was like, "Hey, you know, and it was a rain night." He's like, "Oh, they're not even sweep. They're not even." He just kept repeating the same thing. They're not even sweeping the court right. They're not even doing it right. Wait, he's screaming through his earbuds. He's wearing the earbuds. That's his microphone. It's good. Like, somebody's got to stop this guy, please. I'm going to say something. It's going to get weird. I promise you, because I just don't have the tact to do it. And so, uh, anyway, like the first day, I go up to this this guy. And he was sitting in my seat and, you know, and I'm doing show prep every day for the radio show. So, you know, at about four, four thirty, I'd sit down, you know, at this table and I had my laptop and I'd plan the show for the next day and get with Nate or Brandy or whatever and Nikki and send everybody, you know, stuff uh, that we got to get done. And so, uh, he was sitting in my seat and again, I didn't know him. So I just thought he was a dude and I went up behind him, hit him on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey man, like, let me grab my seat from you. Right. I, yeah, I got, I, he got, I think he got the impression that I was big leaguing him, which I was not. I mean, isn't that what fellas do, Nate? You know, if you're in the seat and just go up and it's, it's again, it's nothing personal. It's like, Hey brother, you're in my seat. Let me grab that from you. That's, that's what fellas do. Yeah. Especially you're the veteran. He's coming into your booth and he, just like if you go to somebody's house and you actually sit in dad's seat, you gotta get out of dad's seat. That's a really good observation. Yes. Yep. Because dad's always got a seat at the head of the table. If uh, one of Ariel's new friends come over the house and they're sitting in my seat, or even if they're sitting in my seat, you got to get out. You cannot sit in my seat at any point in time. It's just my mess up the ass impressions. What's that? Yes, exactly. You'll mess up the ass impressions. Even my seat on the couch. Nate, you know, I'm very particular about my football Sunday seat. 
And, yeah. You know, and then yeah, we, it, it, it's up to everybody else that that's there that knows to maybe let them know. So one of your assistants should have said, hey, by the way, this is Bailey seat. Get out of it. Re- remember that one year when Lieutenant Dan um, was sitting in my seat uh, for football Sunday or it was like the Super Bowl or something. And I didn't have the heart to go over and say, get out of my seat. I didn't want to be rude. So I told him that his wife needed him in the other room and he got up and I sat down and <laughs> I think they got mad at me for it. That's a little funny joke joke. That's what fellas do though. <laughs> you know, that's what we're missing in this way. That's what we're missing in this world. The fella stuff, because now the fella stuff is caveman mentality, locker room humor. We don't do that stuff anymore. You know, we're all, that's bullshit. We still do it. We're still dudes. Stop watering down the dude mentality. You know, that's what fellas do. That's what guys do. You know, they fuck with each other. You know, even guys are getting sensitive and soft. Uh, And it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, you get fucked with, you cry like a little bitch. And and it's horrible. So anyway, I think this guy got upset. Anyway, a couple days pass. Or a day passes. He kicks the the loud former tennis player guy out. So we kind of thought we were friends. And I was like, thanks for doing that. He's like, I got you. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, man. Fucking he got me. I was like, all right. So we're cool. So I felt good. I'm like, all right. I don't know who this guy is yet. Then maybe two or three days in the tournament, he introduces himself. And he's like the vice president of, he just got hired to be like a big title, right? Not that it matters, but just give me a heads up. I'm going to treat everybody the same, but just let me know. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, what the fuck's he doing in here? You know, it's like, he's just watching us. It's weird. And I asked somebody and they're like, yeah, I guess he, they thought he was being groomed to take their job and be in charge. And I was like, nah. And I was like, no, he does it for this and this and that. I was like, yeah, he doesn't have the temperament for it. There's no way. So the week progresses. Now, the other side of this, the other, the other part of the story is we had issues with two of the people that were our producers or my producer. I, we, there were issues, you know, there was uh, one girl who actually I saw this week at the tournament and I forgot it was her. And she was like, hello, Jason. And I was like, hi. I was like, oh, my God, you did such a great job. Uh, I guess she did do a good job, but she was very sensitive. Um, you know, they'll go out in the crowd. And, and Jill, by the way, loves the crowd stuff. She, I didn't realize how much of a – she likes the – Yeah. Yeah. Did you she know? She was a dude. Her name would be Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or Steve. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the you know you send them out there and they do like uh, seat upgrades or something like that and um, you know and you get everybody gets crazy and they go after them and they, you know you you want to kind of make them into you know the 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 stadium star you know make a character out of them so this girl last year that was in that position you know I, I start calling her different names every night funny goofy names and I was like it's funny if you know you hear the crowd start chanting Trixie. Or something like that, and so she, uh, she's in, she's in. This is last year, and they're like, "Yeah, Trixie, Trixie, Trixie." And so, two days afterwards, I find out she hated it, and she went and complained because I would do it every time I changed the name, and she went and complained to management. It was like two days. All she had to do was come to me and say, "Hey, look, I, it makes me. I don't like it. Can you stop?" I, I would have. I, I swear, if you would have come to me from day one and said that. 
and just pulled me aside and say, you know, that kind of thing. Don't tell me what to do, but ask me. I would have, I would have dropped it in a heartbeat. Not a problem. But instead, she waited two days, and she goes to management and bitches and makes it a thing. I hate when people go outside the inner circle. Once you go outside the inner circle, it becomes a thing. And you can't explain it, you can't defend it, and whoever's in charge of the inner circle is the one to blame. And then their power becomes diminished because the people outside the inner circle have more juice. Gone through it a million different times. And so I'm like, shit. Now I got to deal with this. So, you know, and then when you go to explain what's going on and why you're doing something, it just doesn't make any sense. You just sound like you're defending yourself and it's, you sound like you're whining and it's, it's bad. And, and kids nowadays know this stuff. I don't know. I think they're born with it. Like the skill set to become a photographer or a model. The kids are born with this shit now. Like out of the womb, they're Instagram ready. It's crazy, the, the, just the difference of, of generations and, and what happens. So so um, I was calling her Trixie, and she didn't like it. And so I, I, I get this message from the boss, and he's like, you know, stop calling her Trixie. <laughs> she doesn't like it. I was like, <laughs> big deal. So I'm like, fuck you, man. You went and told? Like, who does that? Grow the fuck up. So I said something to her. I go, why didn't you just come to me? Well, I mean, I'm like, that's fucked up. I go, that pisses me off. I was like, you're fucking Trixie the rest of the goddamn week, like it or not. They got to fire me. <laughs> so every time she'd go out, I just keep fucking calling her Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess she started crying. I'm like, well, fuck you. Good. Learn your goddamn lesson. Um, so back to the, the Philadelphia guy. So we get a new producer. She They ended up taking her to a different role. <laughs> they, they moved her. And, and they bring in... Uh, he, this guy brings in his like nieces from Philadelphia and one was 15 and one was like 12 and they did not want to be there. They did not want to do this job. So I, I told him, I was like, Hey, look, it's not that big of a deal. All you really have to do is point at me when they tell you to tell me to go. That's all I need you to do and carry this clipboard around. That's all I need. And uh, they're like, okay, we can do that. And they're very quiet. They're very sweet. You know? And as the week progressed, it's almost like in this position you get power bitten where you feel like you've got more juice than what, like you don't know the lane that you're supposed to be in. It's weird. I see it every year with these people. You know, you put the headset on and you've, you've got some authority because you're my producer. You're, you're, you're misinterpreting my producer as my boss. And Every year, with the exception of maybe one or two, this happens. So, uh, so, so she, so she's getting more comfortable with it. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, we got a couple more days. Again, it's business. It's not personal. She's a kid. Most of the people that they're putting in these roles are kids. They've never done it before. They're learning on the job. What you know, you got to be patient. I've been doing this a long time. It's my it's my job to be patient because I do know what I'm doing and they don't. They have to listen, though, and not all the time do they want to listen. So it was a Wednesday night last year. John Isner was was playing. Um, it was a beautiful night, a big night, packed house, and the players weren't ready, so I had to stall. So I do, again, my walk and talk. I go around and I'm talking to people and, and doing this and doing that and having fun. And, and, you know, and I've got 
people that were fans of what I did uh, on the radio that would come out. Then uh, the same even with the podcast. You know, I, I met a nice lady last night. Uh, that's that's a huge fan. So that was cool. And you know, you go around, you talk to these people, and you have fun. Like I said, I can fill. 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes if I need to. I'm not doing stand-up, but I'm doing interaction stuff. Crowd work is what it's called. Yeah. And so I, I make it about halfway th- through the stadium. You know, and it sits maybe, I think, th- at capacity 3,000, 2,500 maybe. And, uh, and this girl, my producer girl, she goes, hey, they want you to do a dance party with those guys up there. So I'm sorry. And I'm talking, by the way. She's like screaming in my ear. She's got a headset on and I've got a microphone. I'm talking. I just hear in the background go, hey, do a dance party with those guys up there. And, and, I, and I was like, I, there's no way I heard that. And I keep going. Do a dance party. I'm like, fuck, is there a ghost? Is this, there's, 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 nobody's telling me to. Those words aren't spoken out loud. Do a dance party with those guys out there. Just say that for me, Nate. Say, do a dance party with those guys out there and tell me how it makes you feel. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. It's like Brandon subconscious when he was in college for a little bit. No, I want you to literally say it out loud. Do a dance party with those guys up there. Hey, can you do a dance party with those guys up there? You can't Stat. even say it with a straight face. <laughs> no, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> you have got a point and you've got a laugh. You're just like, that's Brandon. Good. Give it a shot. Let's do a dance party for those guys up there. (laughs) You can't say it. It's like you can't say a Japanese name without putting the Japanese inflection in it. You know, you you can't do it. It's just impossible. Uh, It's it's like when you say soy sauce with a giant smile, you sound Asian. It's just how it is. (laughs) So and so is life. Uh, so I I go, no, no, no. I go, excuse me. She goes, yeah, they want you to do a dance party with those guys up there. I said, yeah, I'm not going to do that, but thank you very much for the suggestion. I continue to go. And again, no, 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 I don't think you understand. He's telling me that he wants you to do a dance party with those guys up there. I'm like, oh, so it's he now. I go, who's he? My uncle. I'm like, okay, well, can you tell your uncle, thank you for the suggestion. I'm in the middle of doing my job right now. I don't have time to have this conversation. I'm going to pass on his suggestion, but thank you. And that's exactly how I handled it. Keep walking. She goes, He's pissed. He wants you to do a dance party with those guys out there. I'm like, get up there and dance. Like, what the fuck is this fascination with a dance party with these guys up there? Like, no, no crowd, no guy that's ever done crowd work is going to do a dance, go to a bunch of dudes and go, let's get a fucking dance party going. <laughs> Let me see you jive and shuck. <laughs> Nobody does that. And those words sure the fuck aren't coming out of my mouth. So as we, we, we continue to go around and, uh, and, and ended up talking, I, I can see their faces. Uh, it was an African-American couple, older, and they were huge fans of the radio show, uh, at least one part of it. And, and so I'm talking to them and, and, and we were, I was engaged in the conversation and, you know, I was, I was, I was talking to him on and off mic kind of thing. And it was, I was finding out what he did for a living. It was something very interesting. And, so on and so forth, and she goes, uh, hey, um, my uncle wants you to come over and do a relay race with this father and son that he has on the court. I mean, I'm like stalling for a long time. Right. Now, this isn't as bad as the dance party with the guys up there, but a relay race on the tennis court, I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck is that entertaining? How is that entertaining to do a relay race with two people on the court when people just want to watch their tennis match? 
you know, you kind of let it die. You kind of jab and, and, and you duck and you come back and you come back and you interact with the crowd. But, you know, relay races and dance parties don't, don't, don't get the crowd going. That doesn't get, get, get the crowd doing the wave or anything like that. So I said, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of talking to somebody right now. Um, but when I'm done, uh, I'll, 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 I'll get back to you. And I'm trying to stall and to, like, oh, like God, you know, you'd think these guys would be here by now. Let's get this tennis match on the way. So, uh, so I'm like, you know what? I, I, I go, I, 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 we're about to, we're probably about to start. Let's start making our way back around. She's like, no, he really wants to do this relay race. I said, again, tell your uncle, thank you so much for the dance party suggestion and the relay race suggestion. I'm going to pass on both of them, but thank you so much. And I'm starting to get a little irritated this time. And she goes, he's really mad. And I said, well, he can take it up with me when I get off the court. And she goes, and I guess he could probably hear me talking through her microphone. And the next thing I see is running at me from midcourt is this little Philadelphia guy and he throws his headset off. And when I said the headset, it's like, you've got, you've got, uh, it's, it's the mic headset. So you got one, one, one earmuff, you know, one, one oh, the football yeah. coaches. Yeah. And then, then you got the microphone that comes down and then it's hooked into a pack, you know, and the pack goes on your belt. So that's, yeah. that's what they're wearing. So he runs at me and he throws his headset down on his shoulders and I'm like, this guy's about to fucking hit me. Like, that's, I mean, he, he was charging at me. If I had a gun, I legally could shoot him. You know, under the castle doctrine, I could have shot him because I was in fear of my life. This guy was, like, I, I'm sitting there going, this isn't happening right now. This was a packed house. We had, to, let's just say for conversation's sake, 2,500 people, you know, in this thing. And this dude is running. There's nobody else on the court. Just him running at me angry screaming and so as he gets i'm like this isn't happening this isn't happening this isn't happening what do i do what do i do what do i do my first instinct was now i'm mad and that flip started to 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 go off uh or go on and and so i turn my hips and i kind of crouch down a little bit like getting ready to take the the blow and I was I was going to throw him into the wall. I was I was going to kind of judo move him and move out of the way and throw. I swear to God, Brandon, I know you're laughing. This is a true story. You can ask just, any, <laughs> anybody I work with. This is an absolute true story. It's a lore now. That's why that's why I'm telling it. <laughs> what? I just imagine all these tennis fans just watching. They're like, all right, now this is some entertainment. You got a brawl going on in the middle of the court, smashing each other into walls and well, it's funny. each other with mics. It's funny you say that because, again, also what I was thinking, I'm like, I'm about to fucking go viral. I have the opportunity to go viral every year. If I do something, I've got uh, nationally, internationally broadcast cameras, you know, either, whether it's ESPN or the Tennis Channel. I've got tennis players professional tennis players that have millions and millions of followers we have tennis fans from all over the world that come out there that are recording stuff on their phones i can go viral here you know this might be my opportunity and it's not my fault so so he comes over at me and and i put my fist up and 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 he stops he slows it like it was like fred flintstone he's like he stops and he's screaming at me when I fucking tell you to do something, you fucking do it. Oh, no, 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 no. And 
and, I, and I'm doing everything I can to stay calm because I know eyes are on me. And I'm like, I am not going to lose this, um, the visual battle of this. And I started to, and I said, I'm walking away from you right now. I'm walking away from you right now because if I don't, and I said this very calmly, I'm going to knock the shit out of you. All right. So back the fuck off and go your way. And so I started walking. I was furious. Like you, like people that told me that they saw it, they could visually see I was furious and I'm walking off the court and she goes, okay, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. I was like, thank God. So I start and she points at me, gives me my cue and I start the intro. She goes, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. They weren't ready. So she fucked up. She fucked up. This dude from the other side of the court charges at me again. Now, I'm on the other side of the the, the railing um, on the court, and he does the same thing with his headphones. And he screams, you listen to me. Don't listen to her. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't even have a headset on. And I'm like, this is your niece. It's her job. And I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you. Fuck you. And I threw the microphone at his face. I said, fuck you. You do it, asshole. And I went upstairs, grabbed my shit, and said, I quit. I'm out of here. I was furious. I was done. And I started walking out, and Rach saw me, and she comes running after me. And and uh, she didn't see the whole thing, but she saw the, the end results, and she was like, oh, he's pissed. And she's only yeah. seen me really mad a few times in 10 years, and that was one of them. Um, but there were people that saw the whole thing and, and, and later on backed my play. Um, so as I'm walking away, I hear this guy do a horrible introduction to to the match he's like <laughs> and so the assistant tournament director they were both still looking for me tournament director they found me and you know they got me to come back because it's not my style i don't quit in the middle of anything you know so and i felt horrible quitting but it was just like you know you get to a point where it's like you can't can't do that and i was mad at myself because i didn't punch the guy um, but I knew that was the right thing. You can't punch people in in the middle of a tennis court, a, a, a professional tennis event. I know that. <laughs> okay, so but yeah. I but I was mad that I didn't because of the way he treated me, and he was so disrespectful. So that's the story of lore at the Atlanta Open tennis tournament, <laughs> ATP two hundred and fifty, <laughs> that is told now every year. Yeah. 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 I, I wish you weren't such a professional because uh, that's the I think that's the biggest receipt is this guy having to finish the tournament because he called out the guy, the guy that does know how to do it. Because that's a, the thing is, you know, with announcing or, you know, stuff on the radio stuff, people don't realize how I mean, it, it's a skill. Not everybody can do it. That's everybody thinks they can start a fucking podcast and it's going to you know take off. And then you realize very quickly that. Hey, it, it is a skill that you have to master before you can be good at it. And, uh, and people don't realize that, especially about public speaking. Uh, you're absolutely right. It, it, but, but you know, the, the, on the flip side of that, there are people that do recognize it, which are very, very nice. Uh, and they are very appreciative. And I get that a lot. I've gotten that more this year for some reason. This year has been different with, I don't know, just just the, the way people have treated me this year. It's just different. It's a lot better. It's a lot nicer. It's it's something. Something's in the air. I don't know what it is. It's just different. Um, yeah, because they're like, that's wild man Bailey. He'll throw the fucking <laughs> mic in your face if you don't be nice to him. <laughs> oh, so you're Jason. Yeah, that, was, that was probably the, the Ted the Ball girl was like, oh, you're the guy that almost beat up the guy. <laughs> I'll have your cheese plate ready right away, sir. <laughs> you know, I haven't even gone into one of the suites this year for food. The, the, the food that they've given out of the volunteer tent 
has been sufficient. You know, I was like, I, I the, the the production manager Lee, he was like, uh, where are these cheese plates at, man? I was like, I gotta be honest with you, dude. The food in the um the volunteer tent has been top notch. I go, I don't I don't need to go find food anywhere else. To be honest with you. And he's like, wow, look at you. Um, so, so anyway, the, 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 the story, with ending the story, uh, I go back, I finish the night, and then at the end of the night, the president of this company that owns, um, that owns uh, the, the tennis tournament, he, 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 said he wants to do a, a conference call at the end of the night. I was originally supposed to be on this conference call. Then they didn't have me on the conference call. Which I was like, that's fucked up. You had this guy, but you didn't have me. Just have the big management guys. That's fucked. That's, I felt demeaned. I felt disrespected. You know, I was like, don't treat me like that. And because this guy's going to give one side of the story that isn't true. And everybody else is going to be politically correct and go, oh, okay, I can see how that can happen. You know, that kind of thing. So they're not ruffling any feathers because they've got to work with each other. So they get the production, my, technically my boss, the production manager, Lee, he gets on the phone with them on this conference call and he corners him beforehand and tries to convince him to lie and tells this fabricated story, which none of it was even remotely true, wanting him to say this on this conference call. And not to my surprise, but I was, I I was very, very pleased, very happy. And I've been working with Lee for a long time. Lee said, man, I don't know you. I can't say that. And he goes, that's not what happened. You were wrong. Jason didn't do anything wrong. Jason was doing what he's hired to do. You charged at him on the tennis court. None of what you're saying is true, and I'm not going to say that. You know, very rarely, right, the shit like, do people actually tell the truth? You know, if you, most managers, when you get in a situation like this, they'll get you on a conference call. They'll get the right people on the call. They will give leading questions and leading stories of this is what I heard. um, And what they're essentially saying to the people on the phone is this is what I want you to agree to. And. So, and, and they'll, they'll use tricky buzzwords and phrases like, I want to get through this quickly so we can move on. Um, another trick of the trade is if you have a handful of people on the phone, the management or, or the person in power will recognize one or two of those people and say, I want to get through this issue first so I can get to this to help you out. And it's what they're saying is agree with what I'm about to say so I can give you what you want. You know, and I've seen it done a million different ways. I thought that's how this was going to go, but it did not. You know, they did not fire him, oddly enough. The guy still works for the company, which I thought was really weird. And, yeah. and, and uh, but the, the, the rule, the, the deal was this year, and even last year afterwards, he, he can't be within a certain radius of me. That's uh, that. That was part of the contract. I said I'll come back if he's at least 50, 50, uh, 50 miles away from me or something like that. It was a joke, but I'm serious. You know? That's funny. Yeah. I'd love to hear how that that phone conversation went. So I was just trying to tell him. I mean, do a fucking dance party with these guys. I mean, three legged sock race. What the hell? He wouldn't do any of it. Like that would be a hilarious phone call to listen to. That's why I had you guys say it because when you say a dance party, do a dance party with these dudes. I mean, just say it like. Anybody listening right now, just try writing it out on social media after you listen to this uh, episode and see how how you feel, even if you're not saying it out loud, and see how people react 
Okay, if you post this on your social media, see how people react to, hey, let's start a dance party with these guys up here. I mean, that's the line, right? Let's start <laughs> yeah. a dance party with these guys. Post that on social media and see how people react. You're going to have fucking the goofiest comments ever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but we don't have any of those issues so far this year. Thank God, everything has uh, has been has been pretty good. There there was a girl that threw up on the tennis court. That was cool. Um, I've never uh, seen that before. Like like a streaker, she came out and puked and left. Or who, who was she? No. So they have uh, they, <laughs> they have these fan tunnels that the players come out and they're like sponsored by you, delivered by UPS fan tunnels. You know those kinds of things. UPS is all about diversity, so you have these quote-unquote diverse tunnels, um, which are usually people of all of one color, and and they and they they come out and they you know they're they're young kids that like the sport and and I think it's great. I like the ki- I love the involvement of kids. Uh, I th- I think it's it's fantastic because a lot of these kids are going to uh, maybe eventually play this tournament. You know, not a lot, but you know maybe one of them. We get we have local people in these this tournament all the time. There's a guy Hunter Reese from Kennesaw, and played doubles uh, against uh, Curious and Kokonakis the other night. You know, I'd never heard of the guy. You know, he's just kid, young dude trying to be a professional tennis player. <clears throat> um, so anyway, she was you know it's been hot out there. She was in the middle of the day. She's in there, and they're, they, they, they they for some reason they brought him out there way early. So they were on the court for like 15 minutes before the players came out. Next thing you know, you just see this girl just. <laughs> There's puke everywhere. And my first, what would be your first thought? Like, I'm across the court. I got a little section where I stand when I do my intros. But if you're across the court and you see a girl puke on the court, what, Nate, what would be the first thing you thought of? Uh, maybe call those towel guys, like the ball boys that have the towels. Okay. Clean up, on, so clean up in UPS aisle tunnel. So you're, you're going, <laughs> how do I help out? Let me call the towel boys. Brandon? Yeah. I would have thought, hell no, at least I'm not cleaning that up. Okay, that's what I thought too, right. <laughs> but but the, the question would be who is? Who, who, yeah. who, you know, you don't have a person designated to clean up puke on a tennis court. So who, who, cleans, up the, who cleans up the puke? So I was like, this is going to be interesting. Let's see who takes responsibility for it. I sure the fuck ain't. And, I mean, these, these volunteers, they've, they've really good volunteers for the week. These volunteers, young and old, I mean, this wasn't just an older gentleman or an older woman that was like, this needs to be done. Young kids uh, jumped into action, and they grabbed towels. They put the towel, and, and the way they did it was actually very well done. They took towels, they put the towels over the puke, and then they took water bottles, and they put it on the towels, I guess, to absorb it. I don't know. And then they went and grabbed towels and used them as gloves, and they picked up the towels with the puke, and I got to tell you, they did a good job. They got just about all the puke up in one full swoop, and they another volunteer brought the trash can. It was like they'd done this before, and they put the puke in the trash can, and then they poured water on the tennis court, and they dried it up with the towel, and because it was so hot, it dried up in a matter of minutes. I was like, that was pretty good. You know, everybody pitched in. It was like five people to pick up puke, but they all pitched in. They all did something. I'm sitting there. My first thought, of course, was that poor child. That girl is going to be so embarrassed, I would think. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't think I've ever 
as a child. Yeah, as a child, I've never thrown up in public. As an adult, I have, but... How, how old was she? Like 12? Or, yeah, probably or like 12. Teenager. 12. Yeah, probably 12, maybe 13. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. that's like peeing your pants at school or something, probably. It's like you're, everybody looking at you, and you're like, oh, they can't hold their lunch. Did you ever pee your pants in school? Yeah, I did in second grade because nice. uh, we were taking a test, and I asked to go to the bathroom. She said, no, you can't You can't leave. We're, you're taking a test. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And then I had to pee in my pants, and then she came and pulled me aside and apologized to me for not letting me go to the bathroom. But I was like, damage is done. I got pee in my pants. But apologies don't help cover that pee up. Yeah. Hope you got a cup of cranberry juice because now I got a urinary tract infection. I got a UTI going on up there in my urethra. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing more embarrassing than peeing your pants when you're in elementary school is your teacher whispering in your ear, I'm sorry, you peed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, duty in your pants. Of course, that's bad. There's, yeah, there, be there's, bad. A, there's a kid that dutied his pants. Uh, oh. he, he had a problem. There was a guy up at the casino, I think, that dutied it the other week when I was there. He was a very nice guy, but Rach got a picture of him bending over. Like, he stood up from his chair, and he was bending over the table. And on his khaki shorts is just all brown. Oh, uh, gross. I, I saw a, a TikTok, and this guy, he's telling a story how he was getting a, a BJ from this girl on, on her family's couch. They're out of town. And yeah. when, when you see this one, and when he, yeah. he or, when he orgasmed, he shit on the couch and then the family came home. And so now he's trying to figure out how to get this piece of duty off the couch. And then, so he, he pulls the blanket over himself. And then when he scoots over, the dog gets up and starts licking the state. And it was like the most, he was like, oh. long story short, I don't talk to any of these people anymore. <laughs> it's like, that's the most embarrassing thing ever. Uh, the other thing that um, I noticed about, so it was weird. Oh, one of the nights I went out and I was doing the post-game interview and somebody was smoking weed in the stands at a tennis yeah. tournament. That was, cra- yeah. that was crazy. I'd never experienced that before either. I was like, you got some balls. To If, if they did it in a vape, would you smell it? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, maybe if you're like right next to it, but the vape cloud goes away pretty quickly so it wouldn't like linger. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't seem like a tennis crowd kind of thing. It lingered. Well, there is a there. They have the Georgia Hemp Company on site. Yeah, they have a booth right next to ours. So you know that's cool. It's it's more under you know people understand it more and they see the benefits of CBD and and, and marijuana and stuff like that. But I, just, I look, I'm not hating on it. And I don't have a. I personally don't have a problem with it. But I just thought that was interesting that i've never it was like when you know you go to colorado or a place that has you know has legalized marijuana and you're walking down the street and you just smell it you know when you smell weed especially good weed and yeah. it was a whiff and I, and I wasn't the only person it was like four of us looked at each other at the same time and go you smell that you know it's like who the fuck lights up at the, at the tennis tour at the end of the tennis tournament you know like yeah. who does that uh <laughs> that was kind of interesting so that was that uh, but the this so i was walking you know i, I had this like little and I walk down the stairs and I go around every time the other night I was walking and we're on the bathroom side so all the porta potties are lined up behind where our stands are and then there's a there's there's an area on the other side where they have the the cars that are taking the players back to the hotel it's like the circle it's one way and they go back so 
I didn't realize, but that's where people would go and smoke cigarettes. And I never thought about this, but because we're so now programmed to think, you know, that, that smoking is bad for you, which it is, and no more allows you to smoke anymore. I mean, we've seen this in since we've been alive. I mean, I know I, I grew up in the 80s being on an airplane where somebody in front of you smoking cigarettes. And if you said something, you were the bad guy. Like, I have every right to smoke a cigarette and you have no rights to breathe in my secondhand smoke, so shut up. And, and that's how it was. I grew up going into restaurants where you would be sat in section one and in section two it was smoking, which is right behind you. There was no divider. It was just that's how they did it. And you would you know, suck in your smoke and you would have to complain, say, hey, look, I don't want to sit here because I don't like the cigarette smoke. And then they would see you and then they would say something and they would give you weird looks. I grew up in that, that, that world. So now that we've been programmed to when you smell cigarette smoke, it's fucking weird. Um, and you look at the person smoking a cigarette like they're about to kill people, <laughs> you know, like they're a fucking terrorist. It, it's just odd. So it's coming down and I smelled cigarette smoke. And I saw this one person by themselves sitting on the cement block behind the porta potties smoking a cigarette. And I had this kind of ah uh-huh moment going and asked myself, where have all the cigarette smokers gone? You know, because if you have probability wise, you have 2,500 people in there or just say 2000 people in there, more than one, uh, the probability of more than one person smoking cigarettes is, is great. So where do they go? And, and if you're addicted to nicotine, you have to have it. So you're, you're not not having a cigarette for a two-hour tennis match. Plus, you're gonna you're gonna go have a cigarette. But where have all the cigarette smokers gone? You can't smoke in the restaurants. You can't smoke in the bars. At least most bars. You really can't even smoke outside. You can't smoke in theme parks at all. Um, so where have you gone? Where do you so how do you, how do you get your fix? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean. Yeah, there de- there's definitely less people smoking, but the tennis crowd doesn't strike me as a smoking crowd. Most, you know, Atlanta, like you've said, is like the biggest tennis community in the world. So most of them there probably play. Most people that are athletic typically don't smoke. So there's probably a very small portion of that crowd that's going to smoke. But yeah, I don't know where where they are. I would I would assume the bars. I assume if you go to some bar, there's a lot of people out on the patio lighting up. Uh, but out of those people, again, 2,000 people, more than one person, 2,000 people, more than one person has to, has to be a smoker. And just in general, where have they gone? You know, again, going back to when I grew up, there were so many smokers. I agree there are less people smoking. More people have probably quit. I know the transition. I was reading an article on this that, you know, smokers have gone to vaping because you can get away with vaping in more places. But does vaping still satisfy what the cigarette did for you because the cigarette's not only just the nicotine it's the it's the ritual it's the it's the it's the helping you go to the bathroom because tobacco does that it's the you know having it with your morning coffee it's it's the taste even though it's disgusting you get accustomed to that taste especially when you mix it with coffee vaping's not going to give you that same feel i'm assuming i don't know brandon you're the vapor you tell me yeah, he's he's vaping on this show, so maybe it does. He's all smoking on that robot penis. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I never, I was never a smoker, like consistent smoker. I just started vaping because I got into the 
the good flavors, and that's where it gets you. You know, the blueberry and the raspberry, and you're like, damn, this is good. And you just keep hitting it. Wow. And you're talking about watering down the Marlboro, man. Jesus. Yeah. We used to have a guy on a cowboy smoking rolled cigarettes. Now we have some fucking pansies sucking on robot cocks and uh, with the, with blueberry flavored vapes. They don't even blow out real smoke. It's water. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, where are y'all gone? Where do you go? Where do you get your fix? Yeah, well, and I've always felt, I mean, like we were saying, there's been far fewer people smoking now. You don't see, you don't see it in their cars typically, you know, just standing around outside an office building as much. Um, But I have noticed living in Mexico, it's tons of Canadians and tons of Europeans. Those are the smokers. They'll be smoking in restaurants. You're sitting at a table and it's blown over in your face. They don't seem to care down there, but it doesn't seem to be the Mexican, the locals. It's mainly Europeans and Canadians. So they're still on the smoking train. Yeah. Do you have a, do you ever get told not to vape Brandon? Uh, no, very rarely. The yeah. only time, actually the last time I can remember someone told me not to vape was when we were in uh, Mexico, when we were at the, the temple, uh, or the, yeah, Tulum, ruins. the Tulum ruins. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I'm hitting that vape that I got from the club the night before. And this guy behind me is like 20 feet away. And apparently he got a whiff of my raspberry and he's like, Hey, can you not do that? Not vape in front of me. I was like, Oh, sorry, sir. So I just, got beside him and started yeah. hitting it. So it, it, was, behind us. it was some old guy too. Like yeah. I mean, he was like 80. <laughs> Can you not vape? They'll tell you that in a casino, they, especially when the, the height of COVID, you know, because you're still blowing out your germs and your spit, right? You're still, you know, that kind of thing. So the, and vaping's becoming banned too, right? They banned the the uh, they banned the flavors to be sold the flavors at the grocery stores. You can't buy that anymore, right? Yeah, they got rid of jewels, and then they I think they got rid of jewels altogether. Now I think they're completely banned. They started off, they just got rid of the mango and the mint, and then uh, slowly just got rid of all of them. No, it's all gone. Um, I know that the Ukraine is using vapes to beat Russia. Like I guess when the vapes are done the Russian soldiers are throwing the vapes or you just, the people are just throwing vapes on the ground. So Ukraine, Ukrainian soldiers are picking the vapes up and vapes take batteries, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. They take, they're taking the batteries out of the vapes and using it for their drones. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, cons- I mean, that's fucking genius, right? They're conserving the batteries. So the Russian soldier, Bushki, Bushki, my vape is done. I need it no more. I threw it on the ground. He throws the vape on the ground. Ukrainian soldier like, oh, the bushki bushki. He threw the vape on the ground. I'm going to take the vape now and take the battery out and put it in the drone. You know, now we've got Ukrainian drone with Russian battery. Ha ha ha. We win, you lose, you blueberry sucking tool. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Um, but I, 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 I get cigarettes to vape. It used to be cigarettes to dip to sunflower seeds. That was the transition. And then yeah. you, now you throw vape in there and vape is like the middle ground where dippers, if they're trying to dip, will probably go to vaping. That's what you did, Brandon, right? You were a big dipper. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of at the same time. Like I coexisted with vape and dip. Mm. Oh, you're a bad boy. You're a bad, yeah. bad, bad, <laughs> bad, bad boy. Uh, so anyway, other than that, the, the tournament's going great. It, it ends here in a few days. Um, anybody here locally that still like to come out and say hi, you can go to AtlantaOpenTennis.com and get tickets, uh, good tickets, and see some good matches. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's, there's only been a few names 
that have been a little tricky. Ilya Ivashka, I got that one down pretty good. Uh, Thanase Kokonakis, that one's pretty easy because I'm a fan. And what was uh, Ramadan Ramanathan? Ramadan Ramadan Ramanathan. That was another one that's always a little tricky. Dang. Yeah, that is... It's quite the name, <laughs> but but my guy, you know, that writes out my my copy. You know, we've worked together for so many years. He he phonetically spells it out for me, so that's, that's good. good. I did screw up uh, Kazakhstan because I bit my tongue when I did it, and I said Kazakhstan, and and but I, I mean I I know how to say Kazakhstan, but I bit my tongue when I did it. So I was like, you know, he's Pakistan. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and I, I bit my tongue a second time the same day. It was on the same day. I don't know what what I said, and I screwed up a sentence or something. I hate doing that. Like, how do you bite yeah, your tongue, well, idiot? Well, and that's a hard country to like. It's not like if you said dog wrong and you could just immediately dog dog, you know. But it's hard to go because it just sounds like you're just stuttering if you try to like quickly, re, uh, you know, correct yourself. Yeah, Kazakhstan, 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 Kazakhstan. Where do you want it to go? You want to go on the Kazakhstan? <laughs> hey, that's in the the guy dance party. You guys get ready for the cockick stand. <laughs> Anybody want up in the cockick stand? <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that. That's the tournament. It's going well. For those that have come out and said hi, you know, the my core caddy's going well, right? So we're we're doing we're doing good selling some of the core caddies, getting the brand out there. But we also have BS t-shirts back there. Not many people know that. We got a stash of uh, BS merchandise uh, at the at the my core caddy stand. That if you're if you're a two percenter and you come out, in which there have been you know, a handful that uh, my wife would be more than happy to give you a BS t-shirt and a sticker from the show. There's a nice, nice nice lady. Like I said, the other night that was very excited about that. Very, very excited. All right, let's talk to our guest. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m., all right? Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling, and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email, 
I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. Who knew, right? L theanine. You ever even heard of that word before? Well, it helps increase your focus and attention, and it's one of the ingredients in Magic Mind, which are these delicious little green productivity shots that you take each and every morning when you wake up and you start your day with a boost. Now, L theanine binds with the caffeine molecules in matcha and prevents the full blocking of receptors, reducing or dissolving. The caffeine crash and jitters you often feel. It's nature's time-released caffeine. So if you're struggling with productivity, more energy, focus, so on anxiety, stress, not being as creative as you want, you might want to try Magic Mind. These little green productivity shots could be a game changer for you, possibly replacing all those cups of coffee that you're taking, right? 40% off your subscription right now. It's a limited time opportunity. Magicmind.co, the BS. M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D.co backslash the BS. Put uh, promo code the BS20 in there and get your 40% off that subscription. And back to you, Jason. The first time Manny Aurora is not in the Golden Scissors studio just doesn't feel right to me. Just just doesn't feel the same. Instead, he's at his special defense attorney office in his special defense attorney house getting ready to make a road trip for some reason to the great city of Orlando, Florida. Hello, Manny. Hey, Jason. How are y'all? We're good. What are you going to Orlando for? Uh, got a child pornography on the computer downloading type of stuff case to go deal with in Orlando. Oh, and I'm guessing you're representing the dude with the kitty porn on his computer, huh? Yes, that would be the correct answer. You've got to cringe when you get that phone call. You're like, there's no fucking way I can help this guy out. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) I'm going to do my best, but at least it's not live children. It's just photographs. Oh, well, that's always a plus just to have photographs. So how, how did that guy get a hold of you? Um, you know, just word of mouth. We uh, do a lot of work all over the country. And so occasionally people will you know, look you up or they'll know somebody and they'll recommend us. Yeah, but that's crazy. I don't know why it's so hard for me, Nate, to swallow the idea that the word of mouth for an attorney gets out. But it makes sense. But like I'm picturing that in every bathroom, in every jail is, you know, call Manny Aurora um, or go to the auroralawfirm.com to get a hold of Manny Aurora. Just, I don't know why it's hard for me to understand that. I don't understand. Yeah, I've, I've seen, um, there's some guy on TikTok and he was talking about like the best way to pick your attorney and stuff. And, and one of the tips was like, oh, you figure out who your judge is and then you find the guy that's always like, you know, pleading his case in his courtroom. So, you know, that they're friends. So maybe he'll cut you a deal or something like that. So maybe they just hear from word of mouth, like, Hey, Manny's the man. He knows what's up. Mad dog, Manny. Is that, is that how that works, Manny? It's all word of mouth. Unfortunately, unlike your Orlando lawyers, we don't have any billboards. It's all based on, you know, past results. So you're either the best lawyer in the world because you help somebody, you know, have a good result or you're the worst lawyer because you lost the case. Ooh. But uh, it's worked out pretty good for us. And that's why hey. famous people like you have us on your show. Yeah, the little jab to the Orlando. I got a lot of uh, attorney buddies in Orlando. You're right. They all do have billboards. You are correct. <laughs> demeaning to the profession, gentlemen. Don't hire a lawyer with a billboard. please. Is that really a thing, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, advertising started in the late 70s in the legal world. They didn't used to do it. Then they called it a First Amendment issue. 
and um, I just think it sort of cheapens the profession. Huh. Interesting. I, I did not realize that. Uh, so did this guy call you up from jail and say, Hey, my name is, uh, I got your number through and here's my situation. What do you think? Well, it's his family that called up and, um, you know, it's a very well-respected family. And the thing you'll learn with the child pornography stuff is if you're going to adult sites, a lot of times spam and other things start coming down as part of packages. Like when you buy stuff from, um, what is it like locals only and things of that nature. And so the key here is did the person open up the child pornography? And if they did, how long was it open? You can tell all that from the computer so you can decide if they're actually basically a child pornography person or if it's just something superfluous on there. But you can go online at a lot of those places and for like 10 bucks, you can buy a thousand pictures of Kim Kardashian doing whatever or whoever you choose. But sometimes a bunch of extra junk comes through there or you get a lot of people that dump cookies and things onto your computer that you don't realize it, and your computer starts hosting something and it's shifting photos through to other folks because it's not like you just exchange child pornography on Yahoo. It's uh, a lot more complicated than that. So those are the kinds of things we have to dig up. And in Orlando, one of the seminal computer experts lives there and has his business out of there. So I'm going to go see him and try to figure this out. Wow. So you said this guy uh, is from a a, a well-known family or a well-off family? Um, You know, successful, well-to-do professional family. Um, Not well-known, but, you know, it's just like, Somebody at your level or maybe a little bit higher if your kid got into an issue mm. and they swear up and down that, you know, this is not what they've done. And, you know, I've seen it. It's not always intentional when you're uh, getting the child pornography, especially with the stuff online. Well, not to like when you first hear that, you automatically want to burn them at the stake, you know, and, sure. and and rightfully so for the whack jobs that that are doing this. But you do bring up a good point is, you know, like it's it's got to be case by case. And you have to understand the reasoning for it. Like I could pull up pictures of my daughter when she was a kid and she was maybe, you know, a little naked running around the house or in a bit, you know, like, oh my God, you remember that time she was just so adorable and now she's a teenager and it's, but if I were to take my computer into the geek squad and they're, they're going through it and they're going to say, oh my God, he's got all these pictures of this girl and the cops are just automatically going to arrest me, which then right. tarnishes my name, right? I'm automatically a pedophile before I'm even able to say what the heck. This is a picture of my daughter, you dumbasses. So you're right. I guess uh, you do have to look at it case by case. Right, and nobody listens once you say child pornography. Yeah. It's pretty much over. But if anybody that's listening has been to like Pornhub or any of those things and they say, you know, stepdaughter or teens or whatever it is that people are into, a whole a lot of stuff opens up that you don't realize in the background. So if you, as an experiment, everyone, if you go in and go to Pornhub and, you know, do whatever, when you actually look at sort of the pages that have opened up, when you look in your history, you may have only looked at one site doing something on Pornhub, but there'll be like eight other things that have opened underneath it that you don't realize. And so if you go through your history after you go to a site like that, you'll see what I mean. And Brandon, if you wouldn't mind doing a demonstration while we're doing this, you can probably prove my point. Uh, It's something on an Apple that looks like a little book on your phone at the bottom when you're online. After you go to a site like that and you hit the book and you can look at the history, a lot of other shit will pop up that you're like, when did this come up? Wow. Brandon's wondering if you need a researcher at the Aurora Law Firm, like for cases like this. 
we could always use the hypothetical researchers for things like this. Yeah. But this one worked big tits, POV, hand job, make huge cum shot. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. Did you, did you go to those sites or did they just kind of pop up in the background, Brandon? Well, I'm on there right now. Do I need to click on it? No. <laughs> 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 I have two hands free. That's right. <laughs> I'm assuming, Manny, you don't do your own research because uh, I would think uh, your wife and probably people around you would be uh, like, "Let's not do this." You're you're the guy. Uh, people yeah. in this office understand. There's a lot of sexual stuff that goes on out there, but yeah, we have our office computers to check a lot of these things out. But it's just interesting stuff that you learn because you're like, if you didn't go to it, how'd you get it on there? But it's it's. <laughs> It's a thing. I mean, it really happens. Yeah. We, you know, in the radio business, I remember there was a time where we would be on these sites all, all the time for research. I mean, for content. I mean, that's what we're doing. You know, maybe it's in a news story or something. And then they started cracking down on the sites. And I remember one time, I think an engineer had come to me. This was when I was in Orlando. He was like, uh, are you the one on the, this computer that's going to uh, these sites all the time? And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's for the show. You're going to have to go in and, and talk to the boss. Like, are you, come on, I'm a radio person now. That's what we do. We talk about stuff like this. So, because I've never been a big porn guy. I'm not a, I, I don't go to the websites or anything like that. It's just never been my thing. So I had to sit there uncomfortably and explain to my female boss why I'm going on these porn sites. I'm like, am I the only one that's coming into your office to explain this? As of right now, yes, you, you're the only one. Okay. <laughs> well, Jesus. All right. Um, the Aurora Law Firm.com. We'll get to some of your questions that you've sent us via podcastthebs.com or on our social media. Also, the hotline is always there for you, 404-369-3825. That's to leave a question for Manny or to leave something for us. You can do that or you can do that on the Spotify app uh, as well. It's actually very easy on the Spotify app if you have anything to leave for us. Uh, before we get to the email questions, anything else that you want to bring up? Any updates on Anna Delvey that you're uh, taking care of? She's up in New York. Uh, any other big cases? Um, for Anna's case, we've got a hearing with her private attorney, which I'm sure you read some of the articles. I think uh, one of your viewers mentioned, hey, Manny's name wasn't on some article. Um, just to let everybody know, I've hired an immigration lawyer to do the immigration things under our umbrella. And we also hired a local counsel up in New York to file a suit against the previous counsel that didn't do anything. And that's what sort of made the news. But we've got a hearing on the 26th of this month, so I'll be up there in two weeks to handle that. And hopefully shortly after that, we can get her out of custody and have her down here for the celebration at uh, Pontoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't... Podcast and Pours 2 is, uh, is is a little complicated right now, but it's getting all fixed and figured out in order to make it bigger. But can you imagine that outside of what we already have planned to say that Anna Delvey is going to be at Podcast and Pours 2? How awesome would that be? Oh, that'd be awesome. And now we ha might have a little bit more time to make sure she gets out. Yes. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. That's the reason. Sure. And then Manny's like, well, if you're going to have Anna, you're going to have to have this porn guy, too. He's going to come over. <laughs> well, make sure you write all your immigration judges. Please give us a break and let her out for at least a little while yeah. until I get the appeal done. Please, yeah. All right, here's your first one. Hey, Manny, what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson in that case altogether? Like, why uh, are all the civil cases, why are they all civil cases instead of criminal, et cetera? That's right in your wheelhouse, too. You handle a lot of professional athletes and cases like this. 
Sure. Well, to win in the civil case, you need what's called a preponderance of the evidence, which is like 51% or more of the evidence has to say you did it. But to win in a criminal case, you have to have beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, nobody really knows what that number is, but everybody guesstimates it's in the 90s or something like that, but it's a much higher standard. And so if you, as a prosecutor, don't think you can meet the force requirement or the consent issue, or if it's a close call, you're probably not going to win in a criminal case, and so they're not going to bring it. But it doesn't mean you can't win in you know the civil court. And so rather than go through the massive expense of lawyers and everything else in a civil case, uh, probably they're settling, and it's all confidential, so you don't know the amounts. But if you use like the Johnny Depp case as an example against Amber Heard, he won $10 million, but I think it cost him 7 to $8 million just to you know, have the lawyers and the team and all the stress that you go through and the publicity. So it's a smart play on his part, and hopefully he'll get to play and not be suspended for the whole year. Do you think he'll play? Um, the NFL has no set rules, and I used to deal with um, Goodell when I went up to his office a few times from some other players, and it's just whatever they feel like on any given day. Mm. And um, he's the judge, jury, and executioner, essentially, as far as that goes. They're trying to negotiate sort of an arbitration of his decisions now. But if history sees how it's going, I would imagine he's probably not going to play this year. But at the same time, Cleveland must have talked to the commissioner's office about him before they gave him a guaranteed what $230 million <laughs> contract or something. Yeah, and then get rid of Baker Mayfield. He's off to Carolina uh, I think, what is it? Is it Jacoby Brissett? Uh, you know, who's backing up to Sean Watson? I'm, I'm not sure on that. I think it is. Uh, you know, he's well, he'll be starting. That's for sure. At least in the beginning of the year. That's that's crazy that they took a chance on him. But the, the whole thing about the Sean Watson is, if I'm if I remember correctly, it's that he was propositioning uh, female massage. You know, the massage ladies that would come to come to him for sex, right? That's that's the whole thing. That's essentially it. I don't know if they actually had it or if there was any force involved or if he made him do anything, but it's essentially uh, sort of what the Robert Kraft with the Patriots kind of did, uh, except this has turned into a much bigger thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not understanding why this is like a criminal act. If they're coming to his house, and it's just like if a a woman drops off a pizza at your house and you find her attractive. And, you know, there's, there is a thing, love at first sight, sparks fly. There's this chemistry and things just happen. I've had it happen. You know, um, it's, it's, it's just a thing. So he's, he's not hiring prostitutes. He's getting a massage. He's just getting turned on and saying, Hey, would you like something more? And if they say no, no, now if he's forcing them to do something, obviously that's a whole nother conversation, but I don't remember any of that talk of him forcing anybody to do anything. He just propositioned them. And I would say the difference between that and Robert Kraft is Robert Kraft knowingly went into one of those massage places. These ladies that are coming to him are not in that business. He's propositioning them, hence why there's a case they felt uncomfortable. Well, there's no criminal case. Let's just get that clear. There's not enough evidence of it. So we don't know if it was just propositioning or if it went a little farther. But if somebody's dropping off a pizza and they're attractive and I grab a boob, it's going to be a problem. So uh, there's something more to it than just that. That's why the lawsuits are coming and the lawsuits are settling. But we'll see what the NFL does. But again, they don't have any set rules. Like there's a chart as to if you do this, you get this. It's completely in the commissioner's discretion. So it's very arbitrary. Well, just to make it very clear, I didn't say forcibly grab a boob. 
you would ask mm-hmm. before you grabbed the boob. Sure. Just, Hypothetically speaking, don't hypo- grab a boob. Yes, yeah, correct. Uh, all right. Your wife's a Browns fan, isn't she? Memory serves. She's from Cleveland, right. but she's a up and down Browns fan. She's taken a lot of pain for a long time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> poor team. Poor Nick. Chubb. And she's a Browns fan. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they have they they have Deshaun Watson, who's got this case, and let's not forget Kareem Hunt. I mean, that guy, all his troubles went away after he left Kansas City. But, you know, he had that domestic violence thing going on, you know. Sure. I mean, everybody's got something. But uh, apparently Cleveland solves all the problems. I guess. In Georgia, do felony probation warrants expire, Manny? Uh, They do not until they catch you. So it can be, uh, (laughs) you don't get credit for running and doing a good job. So once they issue the felony probation warrant, the probation stops. So however much time is left, that's how much time potentially you could get revoked. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I've got a warrant out for my arrest. It's up in five days. If I just hide for five days, I'll be free and in the clear. That's all I got to do. That's funny. Uh, all right. Can a cop open a closed and latched gate of a third party that has a no trespassing sign on it with an arrest warrant? Uh, Elio's opened my gate because they suspended that a person they had an arrest warrant for was there, which they weren't there. Did they have the right to just unlatch the gate that has a no trespassing sign on it and open them up and proceeded onto my property looking for said suspect? What's Elio? A law enforcement officer. Oh, makes sense. Um, yeah, people can come onto your property if they have a proper warrant and they're looking for somebody, which means a judge said they have a reasonable probable cause that that person's there and they can come into your house, you know, look for that person. And just because you have a gate that says no trespassing doesn't really mean anything. Otherwise, I could just say amnesty outside my door. You know, nobody could come in. It just doesn't quite work that way. But a proper warrant lets them get in there. So those signs are scams like if you put no trespassing and someone trespass you go look i got a sign it's 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 legal it's all legal here or beware of dog and somebody gets bitten by your dog you say it's not my problem i had a sign that's, that doesn't work well, like the that. sign helps you because it puts you on notice that there's a dog and if you have a reason to come on there like you're the mailman or the milkman or whatever it used to be in the old days uh, it's a little different but now for the general public you can say no trespassing and you can call the police on them as far as coming onto your property legally but these are police officers that can't come onto your property unless they have a proper warrant. Hmm. I want to put one of those out. I, we, we have solicitors, loiters. What is it? Soliciting or loitering? Same thing, right? Uh, soliciting. Loitering means just kind of hanging out and oh. drinking beers with your back against the wall at the convenience store. No, no. Soliciting means knocking on your door and saying, hey, become a Jehovah. Yeah, that's what we got. We got, had one the other day. pulled up a little buggy cart up to the front porch, and I just talked to him through the ring, and I said, Thank you. Have yourself a great day. Because, I mean, they're just trying to do what they're trying to do. But just, okay. you know, get us. don't come to my house. I don't know why you come to my house. Was he Amish? Uh, I don't know what he was. I didn't pay attention. I was doing something, and I heard the dogs bark, and my wife was like, uh, are you expecting someone? I was like, no. And uh, so I just looked at I didn't even want to go to the front door, and I just looked at it through the ring camera. A lot of times I'll go out the garage, and I'll kind of flank them, and I'll come up behind them and be like, what do you want? you know, and talk to them. They're always very nice. And maybe they're scamming. Maybe they're not. They're just trying to make a living. Just drives me freaking insane. I hate that occupation. Uh, Will the below info be on my record? This is the question. A cop caught my girlfriend and I in her car having sex. 
I didn't have an ID on me, so he took my name and birth date and went back to his car. He came back and told us that he wouldn't issue a warning or a citation since our embarrassment was enough of a punishment. Will that be on my record with the police regardless? By the way, it's in Snellville, Georgia, where this all happened. It won't be on your record. If you didn't do a citation or a warning citation, you're all good. Okay. So that answers that. Uh, Brandon, ever been caught in a car with a, well, I'd be with a woman. Never mind. Uh, Can I have my fingerprints or DNA expunged from CODIS and the state database upon completion of conditional discharge? Controlled substance possession 2015, sentenced to three years, conditional discharge felony probation in 2017, completed in 2020. That's a lot. Um, I don't know about the DNA for sure because I haven't had to deal with it, but the fingerprints and stuff will go away if it's your first and only arrest. And after you complete your conditional discharge, they're supposed to expunge or seal the record. Um, You may have to petition for that. The conditional discharge just means the charges get dismissed. Um, but to get to make sure that the uh, expungement gets done, you probably have to follow up with your lawyer and make sure they do that. Mm. All right, let's get a, a voicemail. Again, the hotline for us, if you got a question for Manny or you just got something for the show, is 404-369-3825. Here it is. Hey, Manny. My son went to a concert this past weekend. He snuck in a bottle of vodka. He attempted to throw the bottle on stage so the performer would drink it. He didn't quite throw it far enough, hit someone in the head. Uh, they were taken out on a stretcher. Uh, what should we do? That's a great question. What a great question. You should probably get them some lessons in throwing, right? Well, how is it if you throw a bottle of vodka, it's not going to smash on the stage? A uh, plastic bottle, maybe? I've never heard of somebody throwing a bottle. I've been to a lot of concerts, so the person would drink it. I think I would be scared if I was on stage and somebody starts throwing shit at me. Oh, I've seen that a million times. That's why they take the caps off of uh, water and they let the pressure out of cans now, thinking that you can't throw it as far. Um, uh, Years and years ago in Orlando when I was there doing radio, we had, I think this was probably 2004 when we had the trifectas of the hurricanes. And the station, the cluster that I was at, uh, did a tremendous job of quickly putting together this hurricane relief party uh, concert. And they had Shine Down, and we called on all of our you know friends of the radio station, and they came out Shine Down, Authority Zero, and stuff like that. But the Authority Zero uh, set, I'll never forget all the beer bottles that were being thrown up on stage. It was crazy, and I was on the stage watching the show. And I'm dodging beer bottles. I, I ended up hiding behind the speaker. I don't know why they did. Authority Zero is kind of one of those, you know, emo punk bands kind of thing. So they stirred up the crowd. But that was dangerous. It happens a lot, often, more often than you think. Well, for her, if they know that her son's the one that threw the bottle, I mean, theoretically, he could be arrested for assault and battery. Um, if they don't know it's her son, then I'd leave it alone. And there may be a lawsuit that's filed as well if they know who you are. So you definitely want to get in touch with your homeowner's insurance and see if it's something they would cover or any other insurance that they have. Because sometimes there's bizarre policies in there. But um, if they know who the person is that threw the bottle, there could be some consequences coming down. That has to be a big bottle, right? I guess. I mean, would a plastic bottle split somebody's head open? Yeah, it would have to. See, if you're sneaking a bottle of vodka into a concert, 
I mean, I would think it'd be the mini bottles, right, Nate? Yeah, I would assume it's just a flask. Or a flask. Or I mean, like the flask-sized bottle. The flask-sized bottle. Okay. And they, they can be glass, and that's... Mm-hmm. Oh, what band? If you throw in glass, it'd be crazy. I mean, it would break right when it landed. <laughs> yeah, stupid. <laughs> well, they're supposed to catch it. I mean, you always see the videos of somebody throwing a beer and like the lead singer catches it with one hand and chugs it on stage and everybody <laughs> yeah. goes crazy. So I'm assuming that's what their their idea was. But I don't want you to throw a bottle of vodka. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Dude, so sorry, Mom. In my head, I had this bottle of vodka and I was going to throw it up there and Chainsaw was going to grab it and then down it during my most favorite song, Birds Are Blue, only in in the summer i love that song and he always drinks vodka during the song it just didn't work out but a whole bottle that'd be a hell of a liver chainsaw loves vodka <laughs> chainsaw's a vodkaholic in the state of georgia can a person who has been convicted of a state felony and served his sentence own a firearm this person completed his sentence 26 years ago um, no, you can't unless it's been expunged or you got your rights reinstated. You can fall for a right reinstatement 10 years after the sentence is completed. So if they finished it 26 years ago, they'd be eligible to fight it, uh, file it, excuse me. Um, and that's the only way. But unless you have it expunged or you get your rights reinstated, there's no guns. It doesn't matter if the conviction's 100 years old. Weren't they trying to pass something either on a state or federal level not that long ago that more ex- felons or felons, I guess you should say not an ex-felon, but more felons, if they meet a certain criteria, can get their rights back uh, to maybe even vote and to have a firearm. Wasn't that a big thing a couple years ago? It was mostly for voting in some states passed it that if you've been a felon after a certain amount of years and you've done good, you can start voting again. Mm. I don't remember anything about the guns, but traditionally after 10 years have gone, once your sentence was complete, your probation's over or whatever, you can reapply to get all your rights back. Um, or if you were a first offender, like the question a couple of questions ago, you can have a gun at that point too. What do you think about that? Should they get their rights back? You're talking to me or Brandon? No, I'm, talk- well, I'm definitely not talking to Brandon. Ta- you, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I really haven't thought about it very deeply as far as that goes, but... Um, you know, if you did something wrong, it depends on what it is, if you should get your right to a gun back. Because while guns are bread and butter of our business, they do cause a lot of damage by a lot of stupid people. And so I'm a little standoffish on that. I think the fewer the guns, the better, even though they would hurt my business. Uh, maybe safer because there's not that many responsible people that are found that have an arsenal, especially in my neighborhood. Yeah, and you know my neighborhood, Jason. I do. I I think it's a, a definitely a case by case. Uh, everything's a case by case. That's a, the problem with a lot of things now. Like when people are being canceled or so on, it's just this overall generic. Uh, well, if you do something, then you're automatically this. Or if this person in your group does this, then you're automatically associated with it. Versus taking each case, uh, you know, each case by case. Um, the, the racism stuff drives me insane. You know, if like one guy says something in private and is caught on camera, he's automatically a racist and he probably goes to clan meetings and he does all this stuff and this uh, versus trying to understand why it happened and what that person is. And should there be a punishment for it? Or if it's any of your business, should there be punishment for it? Uh, I, I think it's because people have become lazy where they just want to put everybody under one giant umbrella Versus saying, okay, we're going to take each case 
uh, case by case, you know, personal opinion. Sounds like a politics thing. You know, everything's an extreme and it's just like in sports, right? Every highlight, oh, that was the greatest home run I've ever seen, or this is all historic. Have you ever watched a game that isn't historic now anymore? There's always something. It's uh, We're all over the top these days. <laughs> Every game is, this is the most, this is the best Wimbledon ever. It's so historic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, it was historic, though, because, you know, Joker, because <laughs> the history was made. Isner got the ace record, too, so I guess it was historic. All right, uh, this is a long one. Can you be arrested for a marijuana DUI while not intoxicated? My fiancé was arrested for his friend leaving a marijuana roach in his car. The cops pulled him over for having a taillight out. The cop noticed the roach right away and told him he was impaired. Had him do a sobriety test. They had him do it on a hill and even said that's not how they normally do it. Then proceeded to tell him that he was intoxicated even though he hadn't ingested marijuana for a couple hours. They also performed a blood test. He was released as soon as someone could pick him up. How can they prove he was impaired at the time? He hasn't been given a charge either. Also left with his license. I've read they typically take the driver's license with charges of DUI. How long do you have to wait to know uh, of being charged? How long do you have to wait to know of being charged? Wish you guys would proofread this stuff. Uh, that was long, lengthy. What, what do you think? All right. So the key there is he hadn't smoked marijuana in a couple of hours. Mm. The rule is if there's marijuana in your system, um, you could be DUI based on drugs, not just alcohol. So if they pulled you over properly for a taillight violation, okay, so that's phase one. Phase two, they come up and ask you for your license, what have you, and they notice a roach in your glove compartment, assuming it's in plain view. They now have probable cause to reasonable suspicion to decide if they want to do something further. If they take him out and make him do field sobriety tests, you always fail field sobriety tests. They're very subjective, and I've never, depending on the time of day they do these, you're, you're not going to pass those things if the cop's made up his mind. They then took his blood. The blood should tell you if there's marijuana in the system or not. And that should be the definitive answer if there isn't anything in the system, which would seem unlikely since he just smoked a few hours earlier. Um, you know, he's going to have some problems. But the other thing is, was he driving erratically or doing anything else? Um, was there a prescription for the marijuana? Was it, you know, any host of other reasons? And then also the field sobrieties, if they weren't done properly, you could always have those excluded as well. So whether it's on a hill or something else, we would have to look at the video and figure that out if we could get it all tossed. So, yes, you could win the case, but at the same time, the blood test would be quite telling. All right, but the, the rule of thumb, don't take the field sobriety test, don't Correct. blow, don't do the blood test, let them take you to jail, call Manny Aurora, call somebody, but don't right. do any of the tests there. You just be very polite and decline and say as little as possible, Correct. That would be my recommendation. And then the thing with the license, it's the officer's discretion. If they take it, they'll give you a piece of paper called a 1205 form, which would be your temporary license, but they don't have to take the license. Um, that doesn't mean that you didn't do it. Do they get like bonuses if they pop enough DUIs a month? You know, the old saying about tickets and a quota. Uh, I'm sure there's a quota, but I don't think the government gives bonuses. Yeah. <laughs> get an extra hundred dollars if you get five or more DUIs this month. Uh, here's another voicemail. Hey, Manny, I was driving a work truck home on 885 and a piece of wood fell off. It done hit the ground and hit a car behind me. They followed me back to the shop and we 
demanded that we pay. Do I have to pay him, or is it just a littering ticket? Thank you. Bert. Bert. Well, it's not a littering ticket if it hit somebody. So the question is, did you secure the property properly? And if you didn't, then, yeah, there could be an issue. Um, if you did, then it's just an accident. That's why we all have insurance. And so I would just call my insurance company and have them work it out. I don't know how much damage was done on the highway. I guess a piece of wood could probably do some serious damage at those speeds. But, yeah, just call the insurance company. It's it's not a littering thing if stuff falls off your truck if it's not secured. Unlike those trucks that are having the rocks fly off of there. You know what I'm talking about oh, when you're yeah. on the highway? Um, or, you know, trash is flying out of the dump, dump truck when I'm following the, uh, the trash truck on the highway occasionally. But... Uh, I yeah, just, that's why you have insurance. If they, you're going to be potentially liable. I just had my windshield replaced because of one of those damn trucks. And in Georgia, it's a lot different. Florida, you get free windshields. You get two free windshields for, I don't know if it's like a lifetime or something. I don't know what it is. Georgia, you had to pay, you got to pay $100 for your windshield with insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, it's either an accident, but if you were negligent, then there could be something more severe. But I, don't think the cops are going to give you a ticket. Uh, assume they didn't since he didn't put that in the question. No. Uh, all right. Last question here. If a trash can is left on the street, is it free game to take anything out of said trash can? <laughs> Signed Brandon Thrasher. <laughs> Generally, if it's left on the street, there's a whole debate of if there's any privacy issues. Cause a lot of times the police go through your trash, especially in drug investigations. Um, but, yeah, I've seen people just pick up and take a sofa that's sitting out there. I think it should be a free-for-all if it's off your property and just on that curb. But I, I don't know why you'd want something, but, you know, who am I to judge? Oh, I love people's trash. Uh, like, if if I were if I had time and, and I knew that was okay, I would probably go through people's trash cans. I love people's stuff. I'm fascinated with it. We used to go to the dumpsters, like at the end of school, everyone would be throwing their paperwork away. We, uh, one time we found like this teacher sign in to like all her grade books and everything. Yeah. We try to sign in, but apparently they change it every year. Yeah. But if it's on the end of the street, you're okay. You just can't go on their property. Like, you know, some garbage companies actually come up your driveway and get the stuff for you. But if it's at the curb at the end of it, you might get yelled at by somebody, but it's generally a free-for-all. Have at it if you want to go through people's trash. I'm addicted to ATM receipts. Like if I'm going to the bank or anywhere, if I'm anywhere near an ATM, uh, but I like the ones that show the balance. I don't care how much you took out. I want to know how much you have in your account. I am fast. My wife sent me this. What is is that getting you going? It's the ATM receipt where she withdrew a bunch of money to pay the landscaping people. Yeah, something like that. But may, shocking. Usually at a casino because the the the, the play is it's like oh if you go to the ATM that means you're not doing well obviously right you go to the ATM before you have cash in pocket and then you get if you have to go to the ATM that's bad. So in order to make yourself feel better, at least I do, I try to find other people's ATM receipts to see how much money they have left in their bank account. And some people have like $50 left in their bank. They took like $20 out to gamble, which is crazy to me that you would even be in a casino with that kind of balance. But anyway, um, so when I see stuff like that, I'm like, I got more money in my account than them. I feel good. So it makes me feel okay taking the money out. It's weird. You know who the real winner is there, Jason? It's those uh, 10 to 15% fees that the ATM <laughs> charges inside the casino slash strip club. Oh, yeah. 
that's that's murder right there. Oh, it's hard. That's why that's why I don't like going to the ATM. Well, I don't like going to the ATM because I'm I wish I were winning, but I despise those ATM fees. Now, my bank won't charge me for going to as much as I despise my bank. They won't charge me because I'm at a certain level with them. If I go to another ATM, I can go so many times. But the 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 casino charges, and it's I think it's like six dollars to take money out, which is which is pretty low for a casino. Some casinos in Vegas will charge you twelve dollars. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Very very sad. All right, you think. Uh, this is going to be a one trip to Orlando. You're going to get this uh, kitty porn guy off the hook, and then you're coming back home, or you're going to have to go back and forth? No, it's going to be multiple trips. Uh, this kind of stuff, prosecutors go nuts for, so it's going to require some serious legwork. Oh, really? Do you know who the prosecutor is? Um, I couldn't tell you the name off the top of my head, but I'm sure it'll be somebody young that'll annoy the shit out of me, and we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. I wish I would have known, man. I would have gone with you. I, I, I got to go back to Orlando for a few things anyway. That would have been cool. Well, I need a good paralegal so we could just get you in there with me to do all that stuff. I am at a point in my life, Manny Aurora, that I am open to any career move. I got to tell you, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've thought about a lot of things. I might, I'll be your official Pornhub.com research guy. <laughs> I thought Brandon volunteered for that. So we're going to talk in a week or so when I come back on the show, see what he found. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll have a, a book report done for you. All right. Uh, the Aurora law firm.com. If you need Manny, and I know a few of you have and will uh, specializing in criminal law located here in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Any questions? Uh, if you want to go to podcast, the BS.com for next time, Manny's on, that's fine. Or you can call the hotline. If you choose 404-369-3825, have a safe trip to Orlando. Good luck right. with your kitty porn trial. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, my wife sells houses for a living, and she always tells her clients that are selling their house, if you want to upgrade your property value, you got to do something with the kitchen and or the bath. And it, you don't have to be selling your house to upgrade the kitchen and bath. It's just something nice to do, and it upgrades the property value tremendously. That's why I'm telling you about UCI Kitchen and Bath, which has been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years, servicing all of Georgia, parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. It is a one-stop shop for you. You can pop into their showroom in Norcross, Georgia, and you can see their design team, meet their design team, and watch how they'll transform your kitchen and bathroom into this beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality, right? Uh, plus all the latest trends. They've got displays there. So it might give you some good ideas. It's a one-stop shop. As I said, UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides installation, whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular-priced countertops. So save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off Regular price countertops. UCIGranite.com. David Hawks of Rockland Contracting's phone has been ringing off the hook from YouTube percenters that want a new deck design and build. Well, that's a good thing, and David Hawks welcomes all those phone calls. He's tied up, really. He's slammed, but he's going to get you in some point or another. You just got to give David Hawks a call at Rockland Contracting and see when he can get you in. You know, things change. Schedules change. 678-879-3867. He is also hiring. 
He's paying pretty good if you've got experience with deck design and or build. Also remember, specializes in basement remodel, new HVAC installation, uh, interior and exterior painting. So he's bringing your vision to life to stay within your budget. He's got this amazing software where you'll see your brand new deck before it's even built. RocklandContractingLLC.com. That's RocklandContractingLLC.com. Or call 678-879-3867. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C R E A T E G R A P H I X dot net or 770 369 9962. That's 770 369 9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create Graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X.net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. I don't know the ins and outs of Nate's 20-year high school reunion, but I did see pictures of him going to his high school reunion wearing his Letterman jacket and his wife dressed as a cheerleader. I thought that was very, very odd. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't end up wearing it because... I didn't. I don't know what your Letterman jacket is, uh, was like, but it's super hot. It's like the. It's not. A, it's not a comfortable jacket. It's like a Brillo pad on the outside, and it's leather, and it's just. It's. It's always too big. Um, so it's about ninety to a hundred degrees here. So I, I didn't think I could last the night in a in a heavy ass Letterman jacket. You know what's funny is I do have. I still have my Letterman jacket, and you are right. You are correct about everything you just said about it. Uh, but I never got one. I never bought one. I got my pins, but I never got one. For some reason, I ended up with this guy, Toby Yerms. He was our center. I got his jacket. Like, I don't know how I got into my hands. And I never wore it for whatever reason. I never wore I, I don't think I've ever worn a Letterman's jacket, which you would think you'd wear it all the time because that's cool. It's, that's who you are. It's what you do. Yeah. Um, but I never bought it. I still, still to this day, almost 30 years later of graduation, because I got my 30-year reunion coming up next year, I still have his jacket. And I think it's still in the dry cleaning bag. And it's, <laughs> it's just gone everywhere, you know, place to place. What? Well, why did you have a, a – I don't know the story behind the cheerleader outfit. I'm, I'm going, you're – like, I'm guessing you had sex with a cheerleader in high school, and she left her outfit at your house, and you had your wife put it on. That's, that's what I thought. I was like, that's weird. I'm surprised – she did that. 
Yeah, I just kicked her out of my house naked. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm keeping your outfit. <laughs> no. Um, so I don't know if you guys did this, but we did a, a powder puff football game during like homecoming week when we were seniors. And all the girls or the cheerleaders would uh, would be football players. It was like a flag football game that people would come out and watch. And then the guys would dress up like cheerleaders and they would wear the cheerleading outfits. Um, so I was one of the cheerleaders. And it, I mean, then they were like old out, like it wasn't like some other girls or something. It was like one that from the lost and found bin or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I guess I just ended up keeping it. <laughs> now I, I, I don't know if powder puff was invented. I think it might've just been invented my, like last year in high school. Like I never heard of it before, but, but like, we, I don't think a lot of people did it, but I remember hearing the name, hearing the term, but that was pretty cool. Okay. So that explains that. Um, but you guys did, did what you were going to go dressed like that to your, to your, your, your reunion. I would have, but I don't think my wife would have, cause she's, you know, never met these people before. And I don't think she wants to meet them in a 20 year old cheerleading outfit <laughs> <laughs> the first time. Uh, but it would have been really funny. I think everyone would have liked it if we would have. So, uh, maybe at the 30 year, <laughs> but, but, but when you went, they were, people were dressed normally, right. Very like suit and tie or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But we before it, we were talking and we said everybody should we should have made it like a like a pub crawl where everybody like a 90s pub crawl or an 80s pub, you know, that kind of thing where you dress like you did in high school. I think that would be a lot of fun and maybe take some of the pressure off talking to people you haven't talked to in 20 years. Well, what if you were in my situation, you had to wear a uniform to school, then we all wear yeah. the uniform. Yeah, that'd be funny. We're all looking. You can't, you can't tell anybody's status then. You're like, I don't know if this guy's, uh, you know, just picking up trash out of a ditch or if he's a millionaire. Who knows? Oh, no, you could still tell status because when I say uniform, it wasn't like uh, a one uniform for everyone. It was uh, you had specific types of clothing you could wear. Guys had to wear khaki pants and girls had to wear khaki skirts with the goes below the knee. And you're still a little old school flavor. Now it's obviously changed. The, the times have changed and the schools changed and they can wear, I think shorts are allowed now, which is very nice to allow them to wear shorts in Florida. Um, but, and then you had to wear a, uh, either a polo shirt or a button up shirt, but it had to be a pastel colors. So the only colors you could wear were white, yellow, pink, blue. And it had to be a light blue. It couldn't be a dark blue. They'd send you home if you wore anything other than that. Um, but you could get and, – and you could not – I don't think you could wear sneakers to school. You had to have dress shoes. So boat shoes – I remember they were like, yeah, we'll let you wear boat shoes. Like that was – we're going to give you boat shoes. But years prior, it was dress shoes. Um, but this is where you got creative. For the girls, put something in your hair. That's where he got crazy. He's like, oh, she's so hot. She's got a bow. You know. And for guys, it was the socks. Now, you didn't normally wear socks because that was the style. You know, you still, the California role was in play in 89. Um, and and then you would just have the boat shoes on with the the, the, the ends. But uh, you could go Argyle socks. That was kind of a thing for a minute. So my first day of school, I remember I had khaki pants a pink button-up polo shirt, long sleeve, pink, yellow, and blue Argyle socks, California rolled with my bass boat shoes, and I was fucking cool. And there's nobody that can talk me out of that. That was the, <laughs> that, that was the hip snips right there. That, that was badass. 
Um, but you know, going back to your high school reunion, twenty years, I I was like, there's no way that there was a dress up. I've never heard of that where you dress up. And I was like, well, that's kind of clever if it is because of what you just said. It kind of takes the edge off of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I thought that would have been fun. Take yeah, take the edge off. I'm looking the the first powder puff game was played in 1931, so maybe it just wasn't a, a Florida thing. Yeah, that's wrong. It was 1991. I think you're getting that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about it. So you go, you, you know, everybody cool and you felt comfortable and nobody, you know, was the bully still the bully? Was the slut still the slut? I mean, the nerd still the nerd? What? Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. We all, we all just talked. I thought it would be a lot of, hey, you know, remember that one time back in the day kind of stories, but everybody was t- more present and just talking about what they're doing now, their kids, their job, maybe a little bit of what they've been doing since high school, but it wasn't a lot of like reminiscing about, I mean, a little bit here and there, but it, I was surprised it was more, what are you up to now? And what are you doing? And that was my, my, my question, you know, cause you kind of have to have like an icebreaker question. Everybody I would ask, I'd be like, so who's watching the kids tonight? You know, and everybody, Oh, my mom's in town. She's going to watch him. Or yeah, we found this babysitter off of Craigslist. So it was kind of interesting to see where, uh, how everybody was having their kid and they're all cutting loose. You know, a lot of people came drunk, uh, cause that first of all, there was a, a charity golf tournament in the morning. So there's, you could tell who went cause everybody was like, pink and like bright red <laughs> from like being out in the sun all day and one of the guys was like yeah i put down 12 beers before i came so i was like oh buddy good good luck tonight were were most of the people that you went to high school with are they still in the area or do they travel in yeah i don't um yeah i think most of them are probably in the area area like a, a majority of them there were some that traveled in but not not from too far i think though there was there were some that surprised me that didn't come because i knew they lived there but then on one hand, I think, well, they see these people all the time. So they're probably like, when am I going to go and talk to just a couple people that I don't get to see often? And then on the other hand, there's people that have moved far away that aren't going to make the trip back because they got kids and work and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was surprising to see who came. But our our class was about 400 people, and I think the count was like around 150 that came. So, mm. I mean, almost half of the class for you know 20 years I thought was pretty good. It was a good turnout. Anybody surprise you? Go, oh my God, you got so big, or you got so hot, you got so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I see a lot of them on Facebook, so I've kind of watched the progression and everything. But my dad just had his 50 year reunion, and he was telling me about being there. And he was just saying, he's like, you know, I talked to a lot of people that I didn't talk to in high school. And it was the same thing at mine there. The people that I like kind of knew in high school, you know, I talked to and everything, but I got really into conversations with people that I didn't, I wasn't friends with. I wasn't like really close with in high school. And I think it was almost more interesting because I, I'm not friends with them on Facebook. I don't know what they've been doing the last 20 years. So it was kind of surprised to see who's doing what now. That's, that's one of my biggest high school regrets, you know, and it's your kid. So you don't know. And, some kids know, you know, I, I wish I, I always wish I were the kid that knew who I was at an early age. You know, the, I had friends like that. They're like, all right, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm comfortable in my own skin. This is where I'm going to go to school. And when I'm done, this is what I'm going to do in life. I always wanted to be that person. And then, but on the other side of, because I'm not as, as spontaneous as I'd like to be, not even close. But on the other side, I kind of like to go into stuff cold going, you know, let's just see what happens because that would give me that spontaneous feeling that I was looking for, right? 
Um, but one of my biggest regrets is not getting to know all the people, you know, in high school, you know, because like, it's almost like afterwards you get to know it when it's too late. And I've gotten to know more people that I went to high school with better on Facebook than in, in when I would see them every day. Um, which is, which is shitty. It's just, it makes me feel horrible. And there's, there's such good people and they're doing such great things and their families are great. You know, you just want to like, why weren't you a part? You had every opportunity to be a part of that, but you chose not to because of whatever it is that was going through your head. So I totally get that, you know? And then when you go back, you know, you were all adults and we're talking and stuff. Now there's some people that can't let the high school days go and they're the exact same way as they were in high school, uh, or they're trying to make up for lost time in high school. I was telling you about that guy that I went to school with, supposedly at the 20-year uh, reunion. He came back, and you know he was a total dork in, in high school. Nobody talked to him. He was a nerd, goofy. And he's, be- he's become this like marathon runner, and he's running for councilman and stuff like that, and he's very arrogant, and you know and he's like, bragging 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 and people like shut the fuck up like who are you why are you here you know just makes things worse like you know then you're going you're a fucking tool shut you know then you revert back to high school days did you have (laughs) did you have anybody at your your reunion like oh that dude hasn't changed a bit uh not like personality wise but like some like looks like there's some guy that I'm like, he hasn't changed since like fourth grade. Like has this guy even, he's like Benjamin button. He hasn't even grown up yet. Um, but it, it was interesting because the 20 years, the first reunion where you have not known these people as long as you've known them. Meaning like, you know, you kind of, at least where I grew up at, you, you all go to elementary school together. Then you move up to the middle school and the high school and so on. And you, you grow up with these people for the first, you know, 18 years of your life. Well, now you've been out of school for 20 years. So you've now not known them as longer in your life than you have known them. So that's like the five and 10, you're, you're out of college. You're just kind of catching up a little bit, but this one was interesting to learn, you know, the kids and, and, and honestly, the, one of the big, not questions, but like answers, I guess, was we were kind of nervous to go. Cause I'm like, what do I talk to these people about? What if I don't remember them? And almost everyone said the same thing. Like when we started like getting into conversation where they were like, I almost didn't come. Like I was so like, I was having anxiety coming to this to try to, you know, talk to people that I hadn't talked to in so long. And like, will they still remember me? Do I, you know, like, will somebody talk to me? So all these like things that we were worried about, literally everybody else was worried about. (laughs) So you ex-girlfriends you run into them? Um, not like, uh, like the girls I did in like high school, they were either a grade below me or grade above me. So they weren't there, but yeah, like my, like my seventh grade girlfriend was there, but yeah. uh, I mean, nothing. Yeah. Spark. <laughs> nothing crazy. Re- rekindle that romance. That spark's still there. Like, uh, I brought some orange soda. Uh, Fanta you, Fanta me. <laughs> you didn't point out to you, your wife and go, uh, Alexis, uh, that girl right there. I did her over there, actually, right by the. <laughs> <laughs> See these two fingers? <laughs> <laughs> I finger banged her, her, and her. Yeah. <laughs> They're still friends. You want to meet them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's go. To- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it made me um, realize like a lot. Of, well, so first of all, I was trying to prepare myself because people always ask, you know, usually want to ask about the radio and like, oh, who is the coolest celebrity you met? Who is the best guest? Who had the best story? Those kind of things. And I never like 
have like a ready to go story. I always have to think for a second. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have some stories ready to go. Cause like these people, I haven't seen them in 20 years. They're probably going to ask about that. And not one fucking person asked about the radio, which was fine, but I was just shocked. They all wanted to know how was it moving to Mexico? That, that was the oh, only sure. thing they cared about. Yeah. But I was like, okay, you know, I was, you know, on the radio for like 10 years and okay. Okay. Let me tell you how, where I moved in the last eight months or 10 months, you know? <laughs> um, so it was interesting. And this one girl, she came up, I, I follow her on Facebook and she was supposed to go to Russia with her friend, but obviously the war happened and they had to reroute their vacation to Croatia. And it's like, like I was looking at her pictures. They're beautiful and everything. So I see her and I was like, Hey, I was like, how's Croatia? Like, tell me about it. And she's like, fuck Croatia you moved to fucking Mexico. Tell me about that. So like she was more, I was like, Oh, I thought Croatia was pretty fucking cool. So, okay. I guess I'll tell my story first. <laughs> well, so from an outsider, you don't post a lot of stuff about what you do. So you don't, even in the radio world, you didn't post a lot of radio stuff on your personal page. And yeah, uh, or, yeah. I mainly do my fan page for the the business stuff. Well, I don't even, I barely see it on that too. Like I don't, you barely post stuff about the podcast. So the, the these, these people, all they see is Mexico is your trip. I mean, that, that's fine. Each into their own. It's your social media. But like, if I were an outsider, not paying attention to Nate's social media 24 seven, and it would just pop up in my newsfeed from time to time, there would be, you know, 99.9% of it is you doing stuff in Mexico. So that's why they're not asking about radio or, or what we're doing now. True. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, I don't. I don't know what jobs they were doing three years ago or something. I probably wouldn't ask about that, but also I was going to, so do I, this was a, a thing I had a conundrum I had when I was talking to people, there was one girl and I know her father had just passed and another girl, her, her son died like last year. And I wanted to say something and be like, Hey, like, I just want to let them know I felt bad and my condolences and whatnot. But then I didn't want to bring down the mood. So like, do you say anything like that or you just keep it to yourself and, just hope they know that you feel bad. <laughs> no, I, I, if you know them well enough, I think you do. You you wait for the right, you wait wait for the right time to do it. I mean, I wouldn't be yeah, in, I, in the middle of a conversation and and everybody's having a good time and you're like, hey, Joe, by the way, I just want to say, your dad, sorry about that shit. You know, anyway, <laughs> go ahead. The pineapples, that was funny. You know, I mean, you got to kind of wait for the right time, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm chilling at my parents' house, my mom and my dad. Oh, oh sorry, dad, sorry. Didn't mean to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry about your dad. Yeah, well, my mom's like horrible. He was such a great guy. That's It's weird when you find out when it, it happens. It's going to happen. It, you know, I don't do well with death. I've said that time and time again. I just, I, the I just do not do well with the conclusion, the ending. And it's just, it's, it's tough for me in a lot of ways. And so when you find out people from your past, especially your high school days have gone usually, you know, of course you're going to lose some classmates, which is very, very sad. But when you, the classmates, when you lose the parents of the classmates and you were, you were close with them and I didn't have a dad really in high school. My, my, one of my best friends, dad was, kind of my dad even though he didn't know it he was and I never got a chance to tell him how important he was to me but I would watch how he was with his son and he was at every football game he was uh he was uh videotaping when videotaping wasn't videotaping you know he was doing all these things for his son and I just you know when they were younger they'd throw the ball that's why he was such a great athlete and stuff and I'd watch how he was and I would attach on to that because I didn't have that. I just thought it was cool. 
Um, I just wanted to be around it. I just wanted to see it. I wasn't jealous. I wasn't maybe envious, but I wasn't jealous. I just thought it was really neat. And he passed away a couple years back, and I didn't know. Or no one told me. And I thought that was very, very sad. You know, my high school uh, girlfriend's mother passed away, uh, I think it was breast cancer. I didn't know about that. I forget. I, I think I found out years later when I saw a post or something like missing you or someone was like, what happened? And I reached out to her and that crushed me, you know, because they were like my surrogate parents. I was over her house all the time. You know, we dated all throughout high school. So it was, you know, I was closer to probably them than I was my own mom. Um, so that that's tough. That's tough to swallow. Have you lost any classmates or is everybody accounted for? Oh, yeah. We um, I mean, and I, I know we've lost some after high school, but like during high school, that was actually the charity golf tournament. Um, one of our, our good friends and like classmate that everybody liked was, uh, Tim Hagen. And he, he died of pancreatic can He got pancreatic cancer mm. in high school mm. and they didn't give him much time. And he ended up making it to graduation. And I think he passed in the summer right after graduation that, uh, and then we had a, a classmate when we were like, I think we we're in sixth grade or something. And it was a terrible story. Like the, the mom was, sleeping around on the dad so then the dad killed his whole family um so like we i, I remember we had to have like um oh my God. like counselors and stuff come in because you know it was like he like literally like shot everyone in their sleep and then killed himself so like i remember they in in the time i mean what was it must have been early or mid 90s or something they said it on the announcement on uh um, like the school morning announcements, like they said that happened and everybody just like lost their mind and, you know, and then they had counselors and everything. So that was like a hard thing for our class to deal with. Um, Jesus. So, so you, they came yeah. over the speaker like, hello, Iowa high school. Uh, welcome to Wednesday uh, for lunch today. We are going to have sloppy. What is it called? Sloppy, uh, sloppy, Joe's. Jo sloppy Joe's tater tots. And a milk. Uh, also wanted to let everybody know at IHS that uh, Jimmy Catorsi, he died last night. His dad shot him, shot the whole family. So if you need counseling, you can go into room 212 between the times of 1 and 115. And there'll be a counselor there to help you out. Uh, last reminder before we start our school day, boys and girls, bring your money for the field trip. You will not be going to Stars and Stripes Bowling Alley if you have not brought your $80. Okay. Go Tigers. That's how that went? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go Hawks. Oh, go Hawks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and I know we've had some, honestly, most of the people that have died in my class and then the other class or grades above and below me were, it's mainly drug overdoses and suicides. Those are like the two big ones that we've lost people from not a lot of, you know, car accident or this, that it's usually something like, um, tragic. Yeah. You, you got the, you've got the mental health generation. That's, that's, you know, Gen Xers weren't, weren't wrapped up into that. The, the, the millennials. And, and I think so the millennials, I think got there. You guys were the start of that mental health run where it was like, I just can't live. I'm going to take my own life, which is not the case at all. By the way, if anybody needs help, that's you're you're you could not be more wrong with that. It exists. Problems exist. Mental health exists. Mental issues exist. You can get help. It is not the end of the road. Uh, you should get help. But what I'm saying is, is as a Gen Xer, I don't remember any of that stuff. 
Uh, I'm not saying really? that. I feel like they're the you guys were the biggest one. I mean, half of your like musicians were killing themselves. You are correct, um, but that was drug overdose. The, the, that was that that was because of addiction. Well, maybe not. Um, I think they kind of probably played hand in hand, you know, yeah. with with mental health and that. Really, you know, I don't even think that was really explored as far as because you look at, you know, Chris. But Chris Cornell, I'm talking about yeah. in, the, in, the, in the time. Chris Cornell did it in his 50s. You know, Chester did it later on in life. They didn't do it during their high school times. Because that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the high school times, not the actual person eventually when they did it. You know, Kurt Cobain didn't do it during, when he was in his high. He waited till afterwards. Um, does that yeah. make any sense? Like, he, he did it. Well, he still would have done it during the Gen X the generation acts, but like Chris Cornell did it during the millennial generation or probably even another generation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But, um, but yeah, so that, those were the the two big ones. And yeah, like you said, they do go hand in hand, the drug, drug overdoses or, um, or suicide or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about, you know, losses or anything really negative is mainly positive. So it, it was a lot of fun. I was like, let's do this again. But then if you do it too often, then it gets watered down. So totally. Just maybe yeah. did y'all, y'all did it at the school. No, we did it at this brewery. Um, well, it's a, it's like a beer bar or whatever. They just rented it out, had a food truck. We all got, you know, drink tickets and stuff like that. It was pretty casual. <laughs> really? Normally how they do it. I thought y'all used to go back to the school. I don't do that. No, I think usually, well, at least, in in the past in my hometown it was that they have this thing called summer fest and it's just i think a lot of cities do it it's just like kind of like a summer celebration and they have rides and food and you know different things going on um and that's usually where it's at so uh so us doing it at this brewery is a little different but my dad did he was asking me like so are you giving a speech uh are you guys doing awards uh are you gonna sl- show a slideshow and that's i think the the older generation <laughs> how they used to do it yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah they that, would dress up in ball gowns and that's what i was gonna say to brandon that the, the older generation the boomers would go back to the school now schools don't want you there they don't want yeah. you on property. They don't want to clean up after you. Like, if you want to get together with your old classmates, that's fine. Let us know how it went. That's cool. Post it on social media. But don't even bother stepping back on campus. Get out of here. You know, yeah. I don't think anybody goes back to Like, my 30-year, you're already planning it. They're like, we're going to be staying at this place at uh, Longbow Key, and, and we're going to get food, and we're going to do this. We're going to do a beach day. We're going to do a deep-sea fishing day. And, like, they, they have all these – like, they're so excited. They're a year out, and they're they're so excited about this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not staying there. I'm not going – I love deep-sea fishing, but I'm not – no, that's not happening. Um, I was like, I'll do a night, and we'll hang out and we'll catch up some old times and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> like everybody that I talked to that I went to high school with, if I want to reminisce, I can pick up the phone and call them. You know, I probably talked to them the other day. I'm still friends with those people. You know, do do I do I want to see other people? Absolutely. I I, I love learning about people and what they're doing. Um, uh, but I got to tell you, you know. I've reached out, you know, I got a bad taste in my mouth with some people. I reached out to some people I kind of knew in high school thinking that as adults, you know, it's different. If you live in the same town, you have something in common. And there were a couple people I went to high school with that I found out lived in Atlanta. And like they, one's like a big time doctor and this and this and that. 
all I did was I reached out to them, hey, how you doing? They fucking blew me off. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I remember that. Okay, see you later. <laughs> like, fuck you. you know? I like, try to be nice. Happened on two occasions, like two different people. I'm like, okay, well, bite my ass. I'm out of here. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Were you uh, yeah. were you embarrassed at all about not having, like, a set career? Like, somebody's there going, yeah, I own four Allstate agencies, and uh, we're doing really, really well. We're getting ready to close on our house. Uh, we're going to be paying it off by the year 2025. Uh, so that's a good thing. We'll be able to buy that red door. And uh, thinking about opening up a subway, but that's on the, that's on the DL. We're not letting people know that. We feel that if you keep the tuna fresh, they'll keep coming back. You know, so, like, you get any of that, and you're like, yeah, I podcast, and I got a filter in the background, green screen. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, it, it kind of rolled in through, uh, you know, them asking about moving to Mexico, and the, that's kind of the part of the conversation, how I can do it. You know, I work remotely and stuff. So they just kind of thought that was all cool in general. Um, but I did feel bad sometimes when I start talking to somebody and I try not to like talk about myself. So I'm asking what they're doing. What are you doing? What, what are your kids names? Th- those types of things. So then I felt bad when they're like, yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I pick up the trash out of the, the dumpsters on the weekends or something. And then they're like, what are you up to? Well, I live in Mexico and I do a podcast and I hang out on the beach mostly. So, <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> How so, those 14 kids? So Yeah, so you're looking at it from a you've got the life situation versus what theirs is. I would be looking at it, and I know it's great, you know, that then you're happy, but me personally, like, I still struggle with it. You know that. I say this all the time. You know, the, yeah. the, the other night I was uh, having a conversation. You know, I'm trying to pick up sponsors and, uh, you know, meeting all these great people and people that I've known or met before and stuff, and it just kind of resurfaced and, I met uh, these three gentlemen that were in the uh, with the little VIP section of the tennis tournament called the Kim Crawford section, and one of the gentlemen owns this very large concrete company, and which I'm not familiar with, but you know, I take their word for it. And like his assistant was there, and then his buddy was there who runs a nonprofit, which I was really interested in. I was like, "Is there anything I can do to help out?" They did get scholarships for for kids that are in need and so on and so forth, uh, mainly, I'm sure, inner-city kids. I think that's great. All that stuff is fantastic. And so uh, they they were – it started out with them talking to me about, like, hey, because I go to right by their table and do my announcements. So like, you do such a great job. And it's like, you know, when they start asking me a question, what do you do? And so I give them the whole spiel. And then I get the money question from one of the guys. He goes, how do you make money off a podcast? But but when I say I, I'm a – I I've, I've learned to transition like, you know, I've been doing radio for 27 years and I'm very honest. I'm like, got fired back in October. So, uh, you know, built a studio in my house during the pandemic. So now I'm a full-time podcaster, you know, and I kind of say it like nonchalant, like, you know, <laughs> a full-time podcaster, believe it or not. That's <laughs> some crazy shit. I still haven't gotten comfortable owning it. You know, where it's like, yeah, I'm a full-time podcaster. We do uh, we do shows seven days a week and uh, fairly successful so far. We're doing very, very well. I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know why. I can't, <laughs> I can't get there. So I've got a year to figure this shit out before my 30-year high school reunion. Because I don't know, unless, you know, we're, we're, we've got millions and millions of downloads and we've got 20 sponsors and all that kind of stuff. And we might, you know, by that time. Who knows? We might. Um, 
I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I'm going to have to get another job. Yeah, you know, I started, picked up a job uh, at the Bark City. Uh, it's a bakery for pets and um, part, I'm a 1% owner of the business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I got to do something. I think the the perception of it has changed, obviously. I mean, even just since the pandemic. But I think there's a difference between saying you're doing something and making a living off of it. Like, I think that's what people think is really cool. You know, if they, if you're just like, if you, somebody says, yeah, I'm a TikToker, and you're like, okay, sure you are, you know. But if they if they somehow let you know, like, yeah, I just moved into this, you know, four-story bedroom, you know, just started doing TikTok, or four-story house, I just started doing TikToks last year, and it's paying for my kids through college and everything. Then people are like, wow, that's really fucking cool. You're right. So I think if, if you let them know that you're making a living and you're surviving off of that, you're not just doing it for fun in your basement, um, I think people think it's pretty cool that you can do your job from anywhere. Well, that, that solved my whole problem. You are correct, because when you meet somebody that, let's say it's an influencer, uh, Nita Marie, for example, her only friend's friend, you yeah. know, and, and when we're getting ready to have uh, one of her friends on, I booked uh, the, the Swedish Bella, Monica, Monica. Yeah. Which she's, she's, she's a pretty girl, you know, super hot. Yeah. Like thick, <laughs> like in shape, thick. And when I say thick, I'd say that in the most positive way, like tight. Anyway, um, just, you know, but when you meet somebody like that and, and you're like, what do you do? And you're like, I'm an influencer. You're like, oh, shit, you're a fucking barista with an ego trip. You know, I was like, yeah, I've got four million followers. I, I, I you know, I make it about 30,000 a month on, on my videos and stuff. And you're like, really? And, you know, then you're interested. You're like, how do you do that? So you're right. You know, I'm not just fucking doing a podcast in my basement. We're making a living off this. I'm paying bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you just explain it like you got a team of people and you're you're doing events and different giveaways uh, and stuff like that. It's more than just, you know, talking for twenty minutes about, you know, whatever. Um so yeah, I think people will think it's cool once they realize that you can kind of go wherever and do it. I uh there was a I think it was a Reddit thread that uh was it a Reddit thread? Oh some type of thread. Talking about um high school reunion horror stories. Some of these stories are hilarious. My sister, my now husband, and I were in the same graduating class. Plus, my husband's best friend, whose name is something like John Smith, very common. He was very popular in high school and a super nice guy who stood out in a crowd. If you didn't know him, you certainly knew of him. Anyway, the 20-year reunion rolled around, and only my sister went. She called right after and was very upset. Apparently, there was a huge memorial wall for John Smith, who had just died. None of us knew. It was awful. But then my husband was like, wait, we just saw him. So we called John up and was like, hey, dude, are you dead? And he goes, no, not dead. Surprise, but not dead. It turned out the other less popular John Smith had died. They made a lovely lovely memorial for the wrong guy because the John Smith nobody knew (laughs) <laughs> they didn't. They just figured it was the popular John Smith. Oh my God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's and nobody of, and nobody knew this other guy to say that like, hey, this is not the dead guy. <laughs> oh man, God, that's so horrible. That person must feel so bad. Yeah, I did have one embarrassing moment, and uh, and it, it sticks with me because I don't like fucking up. And it was like the only thing that happened is the very end of the night, and I, I was I was pretty. Uh, I was a couple sheets to the wind and uh, was leaving and everybody had name tags on. And I see these two guys walk in that were friends in high school and I knew both of them. And 
for some reason, the guy that I went up to, I called him the guy's name that was behind him. And I don't know if I just subconsciously saw it, but his, his name was Aaron and I know Aaron, but I called him Nathan. And I was like, Nathan, what's up? And for some reason I didn't correct myself because I was drunk. And uh, so now, now it's just like, it's just weighing on me. I'm just like, oh, how, how can I get a hold of this guy and just let him know? I know his fucking name. I just called him the wrong one this one time. He doesn't have Facebook, of course, or anything like that. But it was great. My my parents picked us up. They dropped us off, picked us up just like school. And uh, they had uh, tacos waiting for us when they picked us up. So we were just drunk, just munching down these fucking Taco Bell tacos in the car. Was that by design or did it just happen that way? Um, Alexis, I guess when, cause I, I didn't, I didn't take a single picture or anything. I was just like in the moment the entire time it was great. And, uh, but Alexis was messaging my parents like, Hey, it's probably time to come pick us up. And, uh, she's like, can you bring us tacos? Cause I want to, cause you know, in Mexico, they don't have the, or at least where we live, they don't have hard shell tacos. Right. Um, they just have like tostadas. Um, so she's been craving hard shell tacos. Just, she got my parents to pick us up tacos when they came to get us. <laughs> People that live in Mexico, Brandon, craving hard shell tacos after a 20 year high school reunion in Iowa. <laughs> Taco Bell tacos too. <laughs> yeah. Things you don't hear. Can't write that shit. Uh, some girl confessed to cheating on her high school sweetheart thinking enough time had passed that it wouldn't bother him. She thought wrong. This was our 10 year reunion and the two of them hadn't seen each other in years. As far as I know, they broke up shortly after high school ended after she broke the news. Someone somewhat nonchalantly as well. The guy flipped out and slapped her and started screaming at her. She ran away at which point he broke down, said something about wasting his high school years and left. Oh my God. That's the good shit right there. Let me do one more and I'll do better with fuck. Someone I knew from school tried to arrange an unofficial 15 year reunion because the school wasn't doing one. Cause you don't do them on 15 years. You dumbass. He was socially inept and would say, and do odd things that people picked up on a lot, but his heart was always in the right place. He went to a lot of effort, but very few people responded. Those did mostly made snide comments about the event being behind his back, dissing the location, etc. Some even made fun of him personally, as he was doing some things admittedly odd. Close to the event, he cancels and blows up, sending everyone a justified message about how they can go all go suck eggs and how he was just, how old are these people? Uh, I'll go suck eggs and how he was just trying to do something nice to catch up with the people. That was received with more snide remarks too. A few months later, he died unexpectedly from a heart attack. Oh my god. These are fantastic, <laughs> yeah. man. These are so good. Uh all right, one more, one more. One of my friends got someone pregnant back in the day and she kept the kid. They've both been great about it. He helps financially but that was the extent of his contribution. She married soon out of high school and met a great guy who has been the de facto dad. Either way, the reunion was held during the day and they let you bring your kids. Well, someone let slip that my friend, that uh, the kid's real dad, and the kid heard it. It was a fucking shit show. Oh, shit. God <laughs> almighty, dude. That's embarrassing. Oh, I don't feel so bad now. God. <laughs> that was bad. Just some just drunk guy going up to the kid like, hey. That's your real daddy over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you don't allow kids to a reunion. Come on. <laughs> <No sense. laughs> Man, fucking class 1993 rules, by the way, dude. Not your real dad. That's him over there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank me later. I'm out. <laughs> he always All right. Uh, well, I'm glad you had a good time. You did get some pictures, yeah. though, right? 
I didn't. We, we took like a group photo of everybody, but I, I didn't take like individual pictures with me and certain people. It almost felt weird. Like, hey, I know we haven't seen each other in 20 years. Here's that one picture we're going to look at every time it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Let me time hop this situation, shall we? Brandon, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, you graduate when? 17. 17. So you have five years. Yeah, I can't believe that, that I'm, I've been out of high school longer than I was in. Uh, well, you, you don't do a five year, you got to do a 10 year reunion. You don't do well, yeah, year. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got five more years until your reunion. So if we're still doing this podcast in five years, we'll talk about that then. Okay. Uh, the, the next, the next high school reunion we talk about is mine, which is coming up in a year. Get a busy year. This is, this, this is the year. Something about this upcoming year. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling hard nipple good. Like, I am excited. Something tells me, like, just get me the fuck out of 2022. Even number years historically in my life have not been good. Odd number years, which is weird because I'm an even number guy. It's so weird. Odd number guys, feng shui style, uh, have always been better for me. So 2023, I've got high hopes. High hopes, you know, so I've got high hopes for 2023. Something's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen. Mark my word. Mark this, you know, episode 80, the BS. We got to be a little more specific. Something's You're going to come gonna back happen. and be like, I told you something was going to happen, and that <laughs> something happened. <laughs> I was right. I'm a visionary. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen because I like don't know good. exactly like what it is. good, you think? I, yeah, I don't know what it is, but something big and something good is going to happen. I just don't know what it is. I say this and pff, get hit by a fucking Zeppelin or something next week. <laughs> or like the first. That would be something if you got hit by a Zeppelin. <laughs> God, we didn't see that one coming, did we? <laughs> yeah. I finally get Bailey to go skydiving and he gets hit by a fucking Zeppelin. You didn't even see it coming. <laughs> Who knew the Germans were doing this fucking throwback day, you know? <laughs> Fuck, who has a who has a, a Hindenburg uh, reenactment? I mean, really, who does that? <laughs> All right, uh, everything's better with fuck. Here we go. Whatever we do, it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the fuck. Everything is banned with fuck. Are you ready to give a fuck about your health? And you need to sh- check out Chef Erica at ericanicoleday.com. She sent me a brand new smack and sweet logo. Uh, I like it. ericanicoleday.com. So what does she do? Experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background. Available for consulting on meal planning, for weight loss, helping with medical conditions, or strict macros for bodybuilding or fitness training. She knows her stuff, and she gives a fuck. It just, uh, the question is, is do you give a fuck about your health? And if you do or want to, then go to ericanicoleday.com. Stepbrothers. It's been requested numerous times. Uh, I, I hope I'm doing this justice. I have three clips. The idea is that there are a lot of things that just sound better with a well-placed fuck. That's the whole idea behind the bit. So this week is stepbrothers, okay? You guys are going to grade me 1 to 10, 10 being the best. And out of the three clips, whoever wins gets played a second time. And we're very excited about it. Are we ready for stepbrothers? 
Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, Step Brothers 2 probably will never happen, sadly, because John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are no longer friends. Yeah, I know. Do you know the whole story behind that? We were we interviewed somebody and they were connected to it somehow. I, I don't recall what happened or who it was. But. Well, who's their who's their writer? Uh, writer uh, Adam, uh, but, 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 the, 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 the writer guy that writes uh, who wrote Step Brothers. Um, you say his name, I'll know it. But anyway, they, they, those three were like thick as thieves. They're all buddy buddies. Oh, Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Yeah. So Adam McKay is also the director, writer, something of. Uh, the Lakers show on HBO and originally, I mean, this is what I read at least originally he had told Will Ferrell that he was going to be playing Dr. Bus, you know, the, the owner of the Lakers back in the day. And so that was Will Ferrell's part. He ended up giving it to John C. Riley instead and didn't tell Will Ferrell. So it was kind of like he felt left out rightfully. So being upset, I got to tell you, I love the series. The show's very, very good. Will Ferrell would not have done a better job. Would not have done a better job than John C. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. You got to understand. John C. Riley. Even though I think a lot of people look at him as a comedic actor, he's a, he's probably the most well-rounded actor in Hollywood. He can do drama, comedy, horror. He can do it all. Uh, Will Ferrell cannot. You know, when Will Ferrell tries to do drama, you look at him and go, "Are you serious, dude?" You know, it just doesn't work because he's funny. He's always funny. Um, John, John C. Riley was the better pick, so maybe they'll get over it. Who knows? Anyway, all right, Step Brothers. Everything's better with fuck. Here's the first clip. Okay, here's the deal. This is my office and my beat laboratory, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the one rule of the house. Don't ever, ever, ever fuck my drum set. You understand? Don't go in there and... Don't- all right. There. I was at about six there. You don't want to see me go to ten. Get your shit. We're going to my room. <laughs> did you catch both fucks? I did. Okay. Um, that was so good. You, you like, you're like, there was two, right? That's how good the second fuck was. Yeah. Uh, I love the, the placement of that one. Fucking fuck the, uh, the drum set. Uh, so I'm going to go eight. That was a great one. Yeah, that was, that was pretty strong start out there. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That's probably one of the most iconic lines from the movie. One of them. One of uh, them. I'll go. I'll go with eight. All right, eight, two eights. That's a high score for the first one. Very proud yeah, of myself. High bar. high bar set. We can only go down from here, boys and girls. Here's the second one. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. Good, good housekeeping. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John, John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go ah! in the garage? Yup. <laughs> I know you thought they were going to say you one guy, one guy, you one fuck John Stamos, fuck, but I saved it till afterwards. That was too easy. Uh, Nate, you want to go fuck in the garage? Yup. <laughs> that was a good one. I don't, I think I liked the first one a little bit better, but this was still great. Um, so I will go a seven with this guy. All right, Brandon. Yeah. yeah I like this one. I think it's on par with the first one. I'm gonna keep it at eight. Eight. All right. There we go. Still the first one is in the lead. Last one. Step brothers. Everything's better with fuck. Here we go. Oh, sweet. Jesus. Oh, it, you know, they'll go back to bed. Sugar, See, there's. 
fuck? Walking. No. No. All right, I said I'm waking him up. No. Oh, no, I can't wait to oh that's a mess. Wake up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're fuck walking. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. Nate. Uh, again, I like, this is a great one, um, but I still like the first one the best. So I'm going to do seven again on this one. All right, Brandon. Yeah, this is my least favorite out of three. So I'm going to throw it a seven also. All right. So that means the first one is the winner. We get to hear that one again. Here it is. Okay. Here's the deal. This is my office and my beat laboratory. Okay. This is the one rule of the house. Don't ever, ever, ever fuck my drum set. You understand? Don't go in there. And- don't fuck! Again! All right. <laughs> there. I was at about six there. You don't want to see me go to ten. Get your shit. we are going to my room. <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> Uh, I could just wear T-shirts of lines from that movie. I should just do a stepbrother's line of clothing and just have lines from the sh- from the, sh- the movie on the shirts. Uh, all right, uh, podcastthebs.com. That is our website. If you like what you hear and you would like to support the calls, or and also get commercial free and also get exclusive giveaways like uh, weekly pontoon beer giveaways, uh, which is merchandise is included in that. Uh, Atlanta Grill Company has got something we'll talk about next week. Uh, once again, you know, we gave away that uh, smokeless fire pit the last go around. We got something different. Podcast and pours too, as we finalize the details for you premium two percenters, you subscribers, you will have uh, ticket giveaways just for you guys. Um, you know, that that's how it's going to be. Just ticket giveaways. I want to try to do it every week uh, leading up to the event. So it's a lot of tickets. Um, but if you are a subscriber, then you will be ready to rock and roll. And the details were, I know I keep pulling you along here, but we're getting closer. Uh, another something popped up, a good thing, but it's it takes a couple days for everybody to get on the same page. Anyway, uh, podcastbs.com, you can subscribe. Also, all of our social media is up there. Uh, it's been doing great lately, so thank you for for helping that uh, us out with that. Subscribing to the YouTube page is huge. If you have not done that, there's tons and tons of content. Brandon and Pee Wee do a really, really good job of, of putting the content up there for you to listen to and watch. Uh, same with our Instagram and our Reels and our TikTok and our our Facebook and the, the the private Facebook group. All that stuff is good. The merch store, I believe they're having a sale still, thirty five percent off. Like a bat, it's like a back to school sale. So if you if you want, you know, I know a lot of people wait until they do the the 35% off, in which I don't blame you, uh, but on podcastthebs.com, you go to the store, then you can get the discount. Um, well, there's probably a few hours left or a day left or something like that, but um, there you go. All right, Nate, you got anything before we get out? Don't fuck your drum set or anyone at a class reunion. Yes, definitely don't do that. Those are the best stories, though. Fuck my high school sweetheart. Went back, cheated on my wife. Hate the bitch. Brandon, what do you got? (laughs) Watch out for a small, angry Philly man. Yeah, there you go. Look, have yourself a great and safe weekend. If you're going to be doing some drinking, that's fine, all well and good. But please don't get behind the wheel of a car. Lost way too many friends like that. Talk to you soon. Bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.